0: Hey everyone, it's Steve O from Not Another Bee Horrorcast, and you're listening to another great production on the 4 4eye Radio Network. For more great shows, check out www4 iradiocom Wallop and Web Snappers. My spider sense is tingling, 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 tingling. Spider Sense tells me I'm in for some trouble. Tingly turn spider-sense spider-sense is- my spider sense off spider
1: sense is tingling anybody else's spider sense tingling welcome to walloping web snappers a spider-man podcast where we dive into every spider-man cartoon ever made i'm derek and i'm doug and is your spider sense tingling accepted yes <laughs> to listen to the show find us on 4iradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts this podcast is brought to you by revenge lover designs illustration and design that fit your personality for samples and inquiries visit revengelover.com this is just a fun fact right off the bat if you are listening to this on the day That it releases, which is November 19th. This is the 25th anniversary of Spider-Man the Animated Series. Dang. Yep. 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 Wow. 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 We are not talking about that show today, but... You have Disney Plus by now, um, or at least it's out, and you can get it if you want. So you can give it a rewatch and then listen to our first episode that we did on Night of the Lizard, where we talk about the making of Spider-Man the Animated Series. This is the 90s show, if you're unfamiliar, Um, (laughs) the one that everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've
2: covered the first season... The whole first season. So you've got all kinds of supplemental content.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And there will be more incoming as well. Spoiler Mm -hmm. alert. (laughs) (laughs) But in the meantime, we're covering something very exciting. We talked about it a little bit last week, and now we're talking about two, in my opinion, like even more fun ones to talk about.
2: Oh, (laughs) the two episodes we're talking about feel so much more like spider-man cartoons than the ones we talked about last time and not just because spider-man is in them a bunch (laughs) yeah
1: yeah man uh we're talking about more episodes of marvel disc wars the avengers um which listen to our last episode if you want to get some backstory on it and just hear us be completely like confounded by everything about it
2: oh my gosh But these two episodes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my declarations uh, at a minimum this time because there were so many things I said in our last episode where I was like, "I think maybe this is true," and there's, it's just there's, it's not. By the yeah. way, Disney doesn't own VH1 or MTV. That's wow. Viacom, friends.
1: <laughs> Look, everybody, Disney will eventually own it. You're just seeing it true. in the future. Just yes. be real. Let's be real. Yes. <laughs> No, but these episodes we're doing, we jumped ahead a little bit because I knew that there was like a standalone, mostly standalone two-parter. As standalone as you can get for an anime. Um, Mostly standalone two-parter that was like very Spider-Man centric. I didn't really know how, like how Spider-Man centric it was going to be or what it was going to be like, but I knew it was. And that's really what I get to. And this really feels more... Like a, a good summary of like what the show is, like how it works and the kind yeah. of stuff that it can do a lot better than the first two episodes did. Now oh that all the setup is goodness.
2: out of the way. I finally understand what the show is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm more pumped. Like I want to watch it a lot more. I'm so I oh, definitely man. want to binge this whole show.
2: I'm almost finished uh watching Cowboy Bebop finally like finally finishing it for the first time. <laughs> and uh this is this is gonna be next. Disc Wars is next on my list.
1: <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. Oh, I can't too. wait. We'll we'll watch all of it and do like a bonus episode talking about yes! it. Yeah. There's just – it's because it's not – I know Spider-Man's not in it a lot, so we couldn't cover it like a regular show, and also it's Mm -hmm. like 51 episodes. Um, So that would be hard to do like in one go, but I think think we definitely have a lot of stuff to talk about. It really does just feel like – watching these two episodes especially just made me feel like when I – what I felt like watching like the best Digimon episodes when I was a kid. Like Mm. it really is just that same, that same feeling. And I, and I, I guess it's kind of like what we talked about last time where we're trying to figure out like what itch it's exactly scratching. And it's just the idea of like these kids who are like learning more about themselves, but also are just like so full of like, that very childlike hope and optimism that they're oh, like instilling yeah. within these like grand uh, cosmic battles and stuff that are happening around them. Yeah, um, it's just uh, I love it so much. It's so cool.
2: Uh, I'm. I yeah. I dig it. I dig it a lot.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And I did not expect to like this as much as I, I am.
2: Honestly, no, I wasn't really sure what to expect at all. Especially when I realized it wasn't just a straightforward this is an anime about the Avengers. Right. And then, you know, watching the first two episodes, it gets real, real complicated. But this boils it down to to such digestible concepts uh, that are so easy to get behind.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really does. Uh, And even, it's just like all the... All, like, the the cool, like, stock transformation sequences and stuff. Yes. Like, I am here, (laughs) here for it. (laughs) Oh, I love
2: it so much. And it's funny because that's exactly the type of stuff. Those, like, stock transformation uh, sequences are exactly the type of things that, you know, you watch a series and you're like, all right, here we go. Like, this is where I can, like, take a drink or this is where I can, like, check my phone for just, like, a second because I heard it go off or whatever. But I also love it. I was watching it uh-huh. and I was like, oh this is so good.
1: <laughs> Dude, man, it's like I remember people would people would be like, "Oh, you can tell that they needed to pad for time in this like Digimon episode because they show the full transformation sequences for <laughs> every single one of them. all 8 of them will digivolve and they just start it from Digivice changing color all the way to the monster's name with no skipping a beat takes a full like 5 minutes unbroken <laughs> and it's just like and it's just like, oh they're just padding for time and it's like and I watched every single second of it
2: <laughs> sometimes you're just so in the mood for like a full blown eight full transformations like there's a reason people get pumped when you get a full team morphing sequence in a power rangers show mm-hmm. or like the split screen transformation on a digimon show or whatever you know any of these types of shows you have yeah. multiple trainers throwing out their pokeballs at the same time like it's just ah, uh, there's something cool about it <laughs>
1: yeah i think it's because it, it is something that is done over and over and over again but it's like you have it memorized so it's immediately like giving you that little dopamine rush that you got from the beginning because it's like oh you know that they're going to do something cool because they just transformed Well, (laughs) and
2: as a kid like that's exactly the part of the show that you like played along with right Mm -hmm. because each one of these kids like we'll see has their own specific D smash pose Mm -hmm. funniest poses by the way absolutely hilarious (laughs) but like as a kid i absolutely would have been like doing that in front Mm -hmm. of the tv for my favorite you know
1: yeah yeah you can you because you can you have it memorized you can imitate Mm -hmm. it really not not that easily because some of the poses are complicated they're so bizarre (laughs) (laughs) but you can attempt to and in your head imitate them in your own home while you're watching yeah exactly god I I know from like a cynical marketing perspective, like I understand why why they hesitated to import this over to America, but like I wish that I had this show when I was like in my Digimon craze, like as a kid. Like I oh I my would have
2: gosh
1: bought so hard into it.
2: I w- yeah, I would have been so I I'm so confident I would have been into this, mm-hmm. so into this. Um, especially if it hit like at the right time, I think. Yeah, I would have been all in. It would have been the thing that like my parents would have had to be like, slow down, <laughs> <laughs> stop posing and kicking stuff in the in the living
1: room.
0: Yep. Although uh, maybe
2: they would have preferred this to Power Rangers. I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: I mm, no. I'm cause... not sure
2: which one they would w- w- would buy into more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think my parents would have liked, like like Power Rangers more, just because it's like real people, and this is like weird other country cartoons. What's that? I don't understand. (laughs) That's how
2: I think Power Rangers had me yelling less than this show would have. So maybe they would have been pro Power Rangers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I was in the height of my Digimon craze, and I just drew lots of Digimon pictures and put them up in my room because that's what you do. And yeah. my mom was like upset about it <laughs> because she was like, "You're obsessed, and you need to be more creative and stop just drawing only Digimon." Oh, <laughs> yeah, which that's is sort such of a, like,
2: like well-meaning, um, yeah. like stop to to like a fad obsession.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, because it was like when I was like what, like ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. So it was sort of like when I feel like she when I was I probably was really creative when i was a little kid and then now i'm sort of like becoming more aware of like actual media and like Mm -hmm. really trying to imitate it And when that's an age that you if you are going to become an artist like you're probably going to be starting to kind of form what your style might be so i guess for her it was sort of like no don't let that be what you do
2: (laughs) (laughs) don't try anime girls (laughs) Uh, and now I'm imagining, like, a split screen where on one side your mom is telling you to, like, stop drawing Digimon all the time. And on the other side, it's, like, my parents bagging up my Pokemon stuff and, like, putting it in a closet so I would, like, take a break. <laughs> <laughs> And both of us being sad. Yeah,
1: it's like I don't know if they were right or not. Like I don't I mean I don't I don't I mean look where we are now. Like yeah. I I don't know. And again, I don't know if, that was, if that's if it's a good thing or not. So, <laughs> <laughs> did it hurt or help? I don't know. No. Did it traumatize or like was yeah, I really going to spin into right insanity? <laughs>
2: Are we in therapy right now? Maybe this
1: is (laughs) podcasting about pop culture and and, and superheroes is actually just therapy. That Uh, honestly, mm, maybe not wrong.
2: (laughs) Go back and listen to our Venom episodes, everyone, (laughs) (laughs) or our Doc Ock episodes.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely learned about learned a lot about myself (laughs) on this podcast so far, for sure. Uh speaking of Venom episodes. Uh
2: um, Yes, that's what these are about, yo. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the thing that's the thing that I think really surprised me about this, is because like I knew that they were gonna have I knew obviously from the titles that this was gonna be Venom stuff, but I was thinking, like, I guess, you know, it seems like they're just taking the Marvel universe as it stands, and everything's already been established and these kids are just thrown into it. So I'm like, Yeah. I don't know, maybe Venom escapes and takes over Spider-Man again or something. But the fact that they're Actually, like just straight up adapting mm-hmm. storylines from the comics, it seems like, but just through the storylines and the lens of this show, I'm I'm way more into it with that knowledge because it's yes it opens up so many cool possibilities. It's not just it's not just a show where they just like throw random Marvel characters together. They actually are like finding really unique spins on these classic stories that they're doing because they have these five kids involved with these magical discs and stuff.
2: Yes, it makes me very curious for the other types of stories that they might tell because you know we, we talked about all of the the unexpected characters we know will be incorporated into this show but don't know how yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider Man is not part of the Avengers team and seems to be on like a whole opposite side of the country. It seems like they're on the West Coast, whereas obviously Spider Man's in New York City, mm-hmm. and so Spider Man's whole journey is happening like independently of the Disc stuff yeah um, and so it's cool that in these two episodes they sort of step into spider-man's world because it hasn't stopped and it's it's just its own separate storyline as it would be in the real world you know like yeah if you were on the other side of the country
1: <laughs> yeah it's really fascinating and i guess that's definitely like uh Kind of an, um, an upside to, like, how this show is telling its stories with mm-hmm. the heroes being kind of scattered around and, and them having to, like, I mean, it, I, I guess it, like, forces them to to do, like, world building in a good way because they are going to have to travel to these different places where heroes are having their own separate stories or yeah. doing their own separate things or something like that.
2: Oh, I'm excited. Very, am, very excited. <laughs> I am
1: too. Well, do you want to get into it?
2: Let's do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This first episode we're doing. So we're skipping all the way to episode 35. Um, The episode is titled the black Spider-Man. We have another synopsis per the TV, Tokyo website. Again, this was just like kind of straight up Google translated from uh, the Japanese (laughs) on their website. And then I cleaned it up a little bit, but not too much because it's, it's, it's fun to not do that and kind of keep that, that flair to it. So um, the synopsis is in New York, the way Spider-Man no, notoriously fights criminals, is becoming more radical than before. Hikaru, Chris, and Ed leave for New York to confirm the truth, leaving Akira and Jessica to help Tony, who is developing a three-dimensional hole generator. Uh, Hikaru- oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hikaru, who hears the voices of fear from citizens in the area, searches for Spider-Man. But he finds a spooky figure covered in black and white spooky costume. (laughs) I could have cleaned that up a little better, but you know. (laughs)
2: That's all right. It's it's pretty accurate to what we watched. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) This one originally aired on November 26th. 2014. So we actually are almost at the five years mark for these episodes, which is yeah. pretty cool. It was written by Mitsutaka Hirota, um, who was a writer on two Digimon Tri films uh, the X Men anime miniseries, Hunter x Hunter, anime adaptations of Bayonetta and Persona 4, and much more.
1: Yes. And this was directed by uh, Go Koga, director on uh, Digimon Universe Apply Monsters, um, or I guess it's Appla Monsters, um, also known as Atmon xeno saga King, legend of daikyu Mar- maru which i think we mentioned in the last episode of yeah, another another writer familiar. and also also directed one of the uh procure series which not really a surprise yeah <laughs> those came up for
2: so many people
1: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely a big part of it a lot of these a lot of these writers and directors have all like worked on the same things together it seems like so yeah um, just like an american animation works works like that all over the world yeah yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> um these episodes do not introduce dozens of characters like the first two which makes sense uh yeah. considering it's not a premiere it's not introducing a whole slew of folks but uh really there are just two folks that we haven't seen before and only one of them is really heavily featured the other one is more of a setup for what i think is immediately following these two so the first of those is uh natasha romanov uh, aka black widow who is portrayed by mayumi asano in japanese and maybe someone in english i have no idea because i couldn't find any mention of them
1: if this was her first appearance and i'm and it's and it's correct that they only dubbed the first 27 episodes so they might not have ever had her dubbed see I that think.
2: makes sense because i know that um you were speculating that maybe they didn't finish the dub right and this yeah and if they split it into two seasons wherever they were like showing that Mm -hmm. or they they did it that way so that they could split it into two seasons or something it actually kind of makes sense because that would have split like right down the middle
1: yeah because it was 51 episodes so yeah that's 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 true that that makes a lot of sense actually
2: So it is entirely possible that there just is no English dub for Black Widow. Um, Yeah. But if you know, if you've got inside info, please let us know, because that would be... You'd be breaking news, (laughs) (laughs) according to the the entire internet. But anyway, we can talk about Mayumi Asano. Um, She also portrays Black Widow in the anime Marvel Future Avengers and has prominent roles in a number of anime series, such as Boogie Pop Phantom, which coincidentally I just picked up from the library, Naruto, Wolf's Reign, Eureka 7, Eureka 7, Eureka 7. I looked up how to say it and everyone says it differently. So Eureka 7 (laughs) (laughs) and many others.
1: (laughs) Cool. Cool, cool, cool. The other character introduced in this episode, and he might have been, it seems like they allude to that they've interacted with him before, so this probably isn't his actual first appearance. Yeah, new to us. First appearance to us, yeah. Hank Pym, not as Ant-Man, just as himself at this point. Mm -hmm. He's portrayed by Yasunori Masutani in Japanese and Wally Wingert in English. Um, Alongside a number of television film and video game appearances, Yasunori uh, Masutani provides the voice of Doctor Strange in this series, um, which we haven't really heard a lot of from what we've watched so far, but... Mm -hmm. He also voices Doctor Strange in Marvel Future Avengers, and he was the voice of Ultraman Nexus in the series Ultraman Nexus.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess is not the same as being the character or the person who it becomes um, Ultraman Nexus. I know nothing about Ultraman. Yeah but it seems like they at least in this one the voice is different when he transforms
1: gotcha gotcha but maybe that
2: makes sense because I don't actually know like if Ultraman is I don't think Ultraman's a suit I think I think they literally transform into another being.
1: It probably depends on what version of Ultraman. I mean, yeah. I'm just speaking from speculation. I have no idea. Toka ladies, help me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. We're just out of our element. And this one, <laughs> and his uh, English voice actor, Wally Winger, uh, he's the voice of the Riddler in the Batman Arkham series. So the video games. He's the English voice of Wild Tiger in Tiger and Bunny and the voice of Psycho Blue in Power Rangers in Space and Lost Galaxy, um, along with many other voice roles.
2: Yeah, that was a fun one to bump into.
1: Yeah, interesting. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, because obviously a number of the Japanese voice actors were voice talent for the Sentai or Kamen Rider series. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know if we've run into anybody who did voice work for Power Rangers specifically,
1: yeah, because Power Rangers stuff is usually a little more. I mean, I hate to put it this way, but I feel like they have a little more lower profile voice actors than like Marvel and like or these like yeah. bigger dubbing type things are going to do. And you know, they're pulling. They're not necessarily pulling from just like typical dub actors. They're pulling from like actors who they're probably paying a lot more money for. Let's be honest, for like yep. their American cartoons that they're doing too. So I think it yeah. can get, makes sense that we don't really are going not as going to see as much crossover there. So good for him. For crossing over into potentially higher paying properties (laughs) yeah
2: for sure for sure and that's that's pretty much it for us we recognized i think everybody else that Mm. we see
1: yeah yeah i think so
2: so yeah pretty pretty quick quick and Mm -hmm. painless (laughs) (laughs) so i guess as for the episode itself we have nothing else to really talk about
1: before we dive in yeah Yeah, no. since there's not really much information on this show, got no production notes, so let's just do it. (laughs) Cool.
2: Well, the episode opens with a black-suited Spidey recklessly stopping a couple of bank robbers. When the robbers end up running away from Spider-Man, he tosses cars at them. Hmm. Um, The first one, just straight at them. If they didn't duck, he would have thrown a car at them. (laughs) Uh Um, And then... Basically ends up making, like, a cage out of cars around them, but throws them, like, a 100 yards and luckily has super strength and super senses because what are you doing, Spidey? (laughs) It's weird. Car throwing, by the way, big theme in these two episodes. Oh, God. Get ready. It's a yeah. lot of them. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean onlookers see this and are obviously sort of like, that's uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I think one of them says, like, Spider Man's doing it again.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I like I like this idea that we're just being thrown into a story that has been ongoing, essentially yeah. that we just haven't that like you're you as an audience member have not seen any any background for yet.
2: I really like that. Not because, you know, it's not an anti origin story thing in this case. It's simply just how cool it is to jump into someone else's world and know that that world is full you know yeah that's cool
1: yeah and i'd be curious to know i didn't think to look this up but like what the last episode Spider-Man had appeared in was because if this is happening after like a long gap since you've seen him, mm-hmm. then it's sort of like, oh, it's exciting to see Spider-Man again. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's happening? That's happening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that would be such an interesting thing. It would be really fascinating to, you know, it's it's so hard with these shows because all these characters, especially in twenty fourteen, are just like global hits like people Mm -hmm. just know who they are but it would be fascinating to uh (laughs) to have somebody who just like didn't know anything about the characters uh and was like oh that spider guy wait what is he doing
1: (laughs) yeah well and i wonder how prominent like a lot like some of the comic book stories are in japan for these like spider-man is a popular character but he's also had, like, his own stuff in Japan before. Sure. Like, are people reading, like, translated comics, like, as much as Americans are reading comics? Or is it just just soaking in just the movies and maybe mm. imported cartoons? Which, I, I'd be curious, like, like is the symbiote story is just, like, a thing that, like, everybody who knows a little bit about Spider-Man knows? And I wonder if it is as prevalent of a story for, like, a lot of Japanese people. Like, or fans, I should say.
2: I'd be very curious to see how Venom as a character and story lands elsewhere yeah, outside of the United States. I I don't want to say that it seems like something that would be more popular in the United States than other places, but Hmm. I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. I'm curious. Yeah. I am curious how he plays out because I think that I might be totally off base here, but I feel like a big part of a big part of like one of many parts of him is that he almost like feels a little more like a monstrous anime character it, that we don't see very often in superhero comics oh that's you know? a good point like the especially when he's full on like tentacle big teeth drooling stuff oh like my i feel gosh. like you very much see that in anime but you don't yeah. see it as much in american in american stuff so i wonder hmm. if it's more of a novelty here and for like over there it's just going to be like he's just another demon type character <laughs> you know like there's plenty yeah. of people who look plenty of characters who look like that
2: yeah yeah huh. hmm. we'll have to dig a little bit after this because i'm yeah. now now i'm really wondering yeah <laughs> Yeah right. <laughs> uh, anyway, we get our we get our opening theme jam um, right after that that sort of opening opening scene. Um, and gosh, I cannot say enough how much I love this theme. It's <gasps> so good. <clears throat> I've listened <throat> to it so many times in the past couple weeks.
1: You could. I wouldn't be mad if you just cut it in.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> hey,
2: listen to this opening theme. It's super good. <laughs> Um, but but seriously, I've listened to it so many times the past couple weeks. Um, I was telling you before we started that it it might be one of my, if not my favorite, like just anime opening song ever. <laughs> it's, it's just really good. I've never listened to an anime opening on its own so
1: much. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. It's just really on point and it feels perfect for this show. Yeah. All the music on this show is really good, honestly. Yes. I think they do a really great job of mixing like pretty typical like anime orchestral score with like more western music sometimes. Like music that really feels like they're definitely riffing on the music of the MCU and like the Avengers yeah. themes, but like mixing it with like with with this traditional stuff that you'd expect from an action anime. It's really well done.
2: Ah, oh, I love it. Love it so much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, after that beauty, um, there's still an episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. I just watched the
2: theme over and over, so <laughs> whoops.
1: <laughs> so the kids are introduced by Tony to a man. Um, they, they, as far as we can tell, they've worked with him before or interacted with him like remotely or something like that. So um, this is the first time they're meeting him in person, and it, it is Hank Pym. So Pym has been recruited by Tony. Um, and this is wild. He's been recruited... <laughs> He's been recruited by Tony to assist in constructing a device that will allow them to open dimensional holes, specifically one that will free that will free the the, the brother's dad from another dimension.
2: what okay, what? <laughs> so okay, I did not end up watching anything between what we talked about last and this. It took a lot to mm-hmm. not do that, but I didn't because I was hoping something like this would happen. <laughs> how did he end up in another dimension? Right. And And when did it happen? Does it happen in those first six episodes where we're like setting everything up? Did it happen like five episodes ago? I have no idea. Where did he go? Who did it? How did he get flung? Do they know where he is? Like I have so many questions about his, their interdimensional dad.
1: I bet it's like what you said where they thought he died. And then maybe they found out recently that it's like, he didn't actually die. It's very, Mm. you know, we're recording this. I mean, we're, well, this is coming out on uh, the anniversary of Spider-Man: The Animated Series. Famous plot point in it is instead of people dying, they get flung into alternate dimensions. Mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> so, <laughs> on brand. <laughs> Perfect.
2: But I just I I literally yelled in my apartment when they mentioned that, and I had like a full mouth of food and was just like, "What?" <laughs> I just stop. Cause Cause I was so... just like, I need to know that I I read that correctly. <laughs>
1: Because right. it's so like out of the field. I mean, for us, because we skipped ahead, obviously, yes, but it's just, like, it's just like it's just so casually <laughs> thrown out. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, of course, that's what happened. That's what we got to do. Uh... Like, <laughs> okay so that's where we're at now <laughs>
2: uh this this makes me feel like i should i should do this more often with shows where it's like watch the first couple episodes skip ahead a dozen episodes see what's happening just react and then go back and finish what i should have done in the first place
1: one of them i don't i haven't listened to a ton of it but um i know uh raised by tv the podcast with uh, lauren lapkus uh uh-huh. they don't this isn't a regular stick, but sometimes when it's a really popular show that neither of them have seen yeah they will watch the first episode and then the last episode.
2: I love when podcasts do stuff like that Where they're like Let's just pick a random episode of a show Neither one of us knows a whole lot about (laughs) Or there was one where where they watched The last four minutes of four movies That was on um, Oh my god Yeah rob and akiva have a podcast where they do something different every week and one was we're gonna watch the last four minutes of four movies and try to guess what the movie was about
1: (laughs) that sounds genius especially if you pick like if somebody else is picking the movies for Mm -hmm. you and like knows oh my god i love that idea
2: (laughs) so good and this is how i feel right now where i'm like i can only guess what happened in the last 30 episodes (laughs) And it's probably wilder than, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I don't want it to be wilder in my imagination. Like, just blow me away, anime. Yeah. Just... (laughs) <laughs> well, this is what's, what's
1: cool is that this is the only thing that you need context for. The rest of the mm-hmm. episode is totally standalone. This is the only thing that that plays into the overarching like plot of it. Yeah, uh, like which I'm and,
2: surprised by. I'm glad by because it, it makes it a little bit easier for us to talk about it. But I was surprised that we weren't sort of like in the thick of twelve different things based on what we talked about last time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm betting they just do the anime thing where they have like a lot of mini arcs and stuff. And this is yeah. probably coming off of the end of like a longer arc or something sure. like that. A little bit of relief, yeah, because the, the the preview for like the next on episode, oh my God. was like Ultron, like <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that's which probably also, not, <laughs> which, which means
2: okay, this jumps ahead a moment, but it's not a huge plot point. At some point in this in these two episodes, they leave Hank Pym alone, like he's he's alone by himself to work. That means that like while they're gone in New York City, Hank Pym basically like builds Ultron, and they come back, and there's Ultron. <laughs> Like we cannot leave this guy alone.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, man. Hank Pym is
1: a is a fascinating character in this. From the little we very we've strange. Seen
2: yeah, and and I, I admittedly don't know a whole lot about Hank Pym. Like any sort of iterations outside of what I've seen in the MCU. Cause that's, I just have like a very, very basic knowledge of, of his significance in the universe, but not much of his characterization. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is he like, like, I know, I know in the MCU, his character's kind of a pain in the butt and he's certainly full of himself, but this one's like almost, I don't know. Like he, he almost reads like a bad guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, well, that he is a little bit in the comics sometimes, depending on the time period. I think like, it's something that was a more in the more modernized version of him. They uh-huh. really, and especially and like the ultimate version of him, especially Oh, where they just like, no, like, oh yeah, he's like a domestic abuser and he's just like oh, a terrible gosh. person. Whoa. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's really controversial and so, people are not really on board with that. But like they have played with him being a total piece of shit sure. in the comics before.
2: But that turns him into a character who's like just on the right side of the line as far as like someone who has lots of power you know yeah. like because you know superheroing is all about the choice you make when you discover what you can do yeah and he's a in in some iterations it seems like a super shitty person does he is he still a, a hero
1: in those iterations yeah i mean I don't think i don't know he doesn't I'm, go like I'm,
2: full bad he's just like a shitty person who's a superhero yeah
1: at least i mean again i'm working from pretty limited knowledge i've read sure. a lot of, i've read a, a good chunk of the comics from the ultimate version of him. that were yeah. very good but um oh, no I, yeah, yeah. Um, he was naked a lot in it though so that's no. fine because um, he couldn't always grow and shrink with his clothes so that was
2: oh thing. that
1: makes sense <laughs> yeah i think there was a plot point where like he grows like to catch a bad guy but not when he's in his ant-man costume or giant or whatever oh, and so like it's it's a big like embarrassing scandal for him that like a bunch of photographers just got his like giant dick just like huge I mean if you're, <laughs> I,
2: I guess if you're going to be photographed well I guess everything's all proportional it doesn't really matter how big things are <laughs> like, you're <laughs> yeah. only being measured against yourself so never right. mind I was gonna say if ever you're gonna be caught naked like why not be giant
1: <laughs> right right <laughs> but anyway yeah it's like that's just from working my pretty limited knowledge I don't know as much about 6- 616 version but I think the 616 version they did like like abuse Janet at some point so like it's uh. Uh, it, he, but wow, but it's never okay. it's never like i am a supervillain. it's just like i have a lot of masculinity issues that are yeah. manifesting in the worst possible ways while i am yeah. also somehow a superhero so that hmm. happens yeah
2: i mean i uh i don't know enough about the character to have like an opinion on him but i i i'm not opposed to exploring characters like that in the universe because certainly they would exist for yeah. sure
1: yeah 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 um so on that uncomfortable note he does uh (laughs) pym does agree but but he he's like like we said he's like this really like kind of off-putting just seems like very like emotionless in a way yeah they're definitely trying to kind of color him that way they even kind of call it out where like he's just like like, wow, he's a big jerk, and then I think Edward's like, Well, I guess being a jerk is just like what happens when you're a genius scientist. <laughs> Which
2: is hilarious because Tony is in the room. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if
2: Wasp is, but Tony definitely is.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah, that's that's kind of the vibe that you get from it, is that he's kind of an asshole. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, he's like, I'm only doing – I'm not doing this uh, for like to rescue the kid's dad or whatever. I don't care about that. I'm just doing this so I can be the one to develop interdimensional tech. Yeah. So it's like, all right, cool, dude. Thanks, <laughs> go man. Have, go have fun building Ultron and seeing him like try to destroy the world. Oh,
2: gosh. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, hey, remember that biocode installer from the first two episodes? (laughs) We learned what it did. (laughs) Yay! The biocode installer installs biocodes in the kids. So Mm. it seems as though, based on my limited knowledge, and I don't know, maybe you dug more into this, it seems like they must have the DNA from the superheroes available and that that needs to be coded into the children in order for them to call upon them or match with them
1: yeah it's either that or the bio code is for like the fighter type because each of them can only i think for it goes for any of the discs that they that they open and they smash for other heroes too they can only do it for like the type that they're coded to gotcha so, yeah, it's in that general vicinity.
2: Sure. So after this interaction with Pym, the Avenger, I mean, they're just kind of like hanging out after this. Pim's kind of just doing his thing, but they're they're hanging out in some, some... Is this is this like Avengers Tower, but on the West Coast? Or is I this just guess. like Tony's place? I don't
1: know. I wasn't clear on that at all. I'm sure it's okay. clear in the show, but I was not clear on it watching the yeah. news where exactly yeah. they were.
2: I imagine there's a scene somewhere where they go here for the first time and the kids are like, whoa.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: But in any case, they're in this space, and the Avengers, uh, in their little disc form, observe the kids recording some kind of video, and they learn that the kids are doing this to basically, like, send a video to Spider-Man to say, like, what's up and what they've been doing and what they've been up to, and their goal is to send this to Peter Parker to get it to Spider-Man, so we do confirm that. His identity is still secret at this point in the show, and I, I guess probably probably stays that way.
1: Yeah, I I like that even though we don't have context for everything that happens like this pretty quickly and clearly establishes that they have like a kind of close like probably like, kind of brotherly relationship with spider-man yeah whatever happened earlier in the show like it's very clear which ends up you know playing a really major role later on
2: oh yeah big time well as they're doing this um hikaru calls for the group to come look at a news story from the daily bugle about spider-man basically it's it's what you would expect from a daily bugle article <laughs> but specifically it says Spider-Man on the rampage again. Beneath the mask of New York's friendly neighborhood hero is a brutal menace. Spider-Man's behavior in recent days has been quite deviant. (laughs) Spider-Man is now public enemy number one. And the the hint that this isn't just a typical Daily Bugle story is in that third sentence where it says Spider-Man's behavior in recent days has been deviant, kind of like clues you into something being off. I mean, we know what's going on, but that's sort of what makes it notable for them. Tony clearly doesn't pick up on that, though, because he... He sort of notes like, uh, the Daily Beagle's sort of notorious for the whole anti-Spidey thing. The editor over there really has some sort of bone to pick. <laughs> Which is a funny indirect way of referencing J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I need anime Jonah. I, I, I don't, think I, need I saw
1: it. <laughs> a voice credit for him. I think he's in the show at some point.
2: Oh, good, good. I expected
1: him to be in this one, actually. I was I surprised thought. that he wasn't.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. But yeah, the kids are obviously concerned, but Tony's like, eh, that's normal. It's Daily Bugle.
1: Right. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Pepper then pulls up a cell phone footage of Spider-Man webbing up and tormenting a criminal in a... Phone booth that looks like it's from the UK. Like, it's yeah. the, it's that exact, like, red, that, like, typical red British phone booth. Like, yep. <laughs> a little bit of research failure there on the animator's side, I feel like. Uh, um. <laughs> I would
2: say that the portrayal of New York City in general is surprisingly
1: off. Yeah.
2: Considering that New York City is the largest and most recognizable city in the world
1: <laughs> yeah and it's not like they don't have like context from spider-man and avengers movies yeah. for what it, yeah. like, what it like, looks
2: like they use the setting well like they use the setting like new york it just looks nothing like new york <laughs> yeah uh there are zero iconic locations in this in these two episodes uh that would tell you it's new york city
1: <laughs> yeah which is it's strange like it's like it's so it's It's like was it because they were just recycling like backgrounds they'd already drew of cityscapes or something or like did they specifically not want to – like it's weird that they specifically aren't calling out any landmarks. Like you see no Statue of Liberty, no Empire State Building or anything and it's just like that almost feels like a choice. I don't know why. Yeah,
2: especially the Statue of Liberty one because I can understand not wanting to have to render famous buildings – Mm-hmm. But the Statue of Liberty, all you got to do is put, like, a green lady on a pedestal, and, like, everyone knows what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it is, It is like, a, a sort of conspicuous absence of landmarks.
1: Yeah, like, I really wonder what the thought, like, if there was a reason for that. I don't know what it would be, because they call it out millions of times uh, that it's New York, so.
2: Yeah, I, I will say, like, these two episodes, I don't know about you, these two episodes have some really incredible moments as far as animation goes, but they also highlight some of the, mm. like, very, very big weaknesses um, yes. of the animation in this series. It definitely highlights how – I don't even know how to say it. But some of the animation is just really bad.
1: It's just uh, really, yeah. really bad. <laughs> and, and, and very different between the two, too. I mean, these two episodes yeah. were clearly done by, like, two different teams, and mm-hmm. they look vastly different, honestly. Yes. And you, you can tell what,
2: what – sequences and stuff they were told to spend more time on and which ones just were not important
1: yeah because you're right there are some that are especially like even the very beginning of the next episode like the couple of fight sequences are really well done but Mm -hmm. then like the back half of it is less less so yeah so yeah it's 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 very strange and i wonder i wonder how successful this show was like i wonder if they maybe got some budget cuts like midway through or anything like that like i don't know i don't know if this was a hit or not because there's so little information on it.
2: If it, you know, if it wasn't, I, I can't think of an excuse for, for that other than not doing due diligence because this is the most recognizable property in the world in 2014. <laughs> yeah. In a huge market. So mm-hmm. I, unless, unless it's just one of those things where people were like, we don't want to cross these streams. But I yeah. can't imagine that was the case because they immediately made another anime about the Avengers. So. True. I don't know. It'll be, I'll be curious to, to find out if this was something that sold well.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> if we can ever find that information.
2: <laughs> I might have to tap into some of our Japanese reading friends. Because <laughs> I will be lost.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in any case, while, while, I should say while they're looking at the cell phone footage, nobody comments on Spider-Man's completely different costume until Edward's like, huh that seems different and then they're just even like oh yeah you're right <laughs> like that is different yeah. like it's very subtle but it's darker like yeah right like
2: that's their <laughs> that's their thing is like uh, I, like I think is it is it Pepper maybe who is like mm, I think it's a little too dark for him <laughs> like, yeah it's And just it's just like, like that's your comment
1: <laughs> <laughs> like are you looking Thing here, like, <laughs> yeah,
2: if, it were, if he were doing the exact same things he normally does, okay, sure, but he's like nearly killing people, yeah, <laughs> and he's suddenly wearing a black and white costume, right? Right, it's just I don't like, know it's if the, the Punisher's in this series or if they've seen him yet, if he is, but I, I think you could connect the dots, Pepper, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, <sharp. laughs> yeah, and it's like maybe the, I don't know, maybe the footage is it's a 2014 phone, no, they had smartphones, the footage was probably yeah. good enough, like, <laughs> it doesn't, there's no explanation for it, um, yeah. but either way eventually eventually they're like mm-hmm. hmm differently acting spider-man different looking suit this might not be spider-man <laughs> maybe <laughs> crazy theory hmm and captain america declares that either way it doesn't matter they can't know until they can go uh investigate themselves so yes <laughs> this, this is weird so for plot reasons they decide that they want to split up the group so to new york city edward chris and hikaru are going to go there -hmm. Tony really wants to stay and work with Pim on the dimensional stuff, uh, which makes sense. And of course, Akira has to stay to have Tony there.
2: I like that little detail. It's something I didn't think of from the first two episodes because we never really saw how they operated with the discs. But the fact that Akira can't go anywhere because Tony is still a conscious being and needs to be in a particular place, that sort of push and pull between two entities I'm sure there are stories about it earlier in the season yeah but I, I like that and I hope they I hope they do explore that
1: yeah because you can really mine some drama out of that and they kind oh, of yeah. do here because Akira really does not want to want to be there the entire time no Um, the other person who doesn't want to be there who is being asked to stay is Jessica for e- extremely unclear reasons what, uh, which <laughs>
2: oh, uh, I have, I have such a massive issue with this
1: yep yep Yep. So the reason, the reason that Pepper, because they just kind of casually are like, oh yeah, you three are gonna go, you two are gonna stay, and Jessica's like, why? It's like, well, somebody needs to keep an eye on Acura, like what Uh, what, uh, she's like am i a babysitter and then they don't like they don't follow up on that like so
2: mixing different wasps up is janet not a scientist i'm pretty sure she is right i
1: don't don't know i thought she was too when you brought it up but because isn't janet the one is is
2: is the mcu wasp a janet or is the are either of them janets it doesn't even matter um, both of them are scientists aren't they
1: well well there there is age like <laughs> not like not the evangeline lily wasp but like the michelle pfeiffer wasp is yeah. is janet and she is a scientist i believe yeah
2: so the only explanation they need is that both tony and janet need to stay behind yeah but i
1: don't know but you know i don't know if six one like because wasps didn't exist like that version of Wasp didn't exist in 2014, and I don't know if 616 Wasp was canonically a scientist or not. I, I, I
0: don't
1: know. Ultimate th- version definitely is, but I don't know.
2: I think she has been. I really think she has been. If not, I'm floored that she wasn't. Because yeah. I thought that was sort of their whole thing: is that Hank and Janet were like a scien- like a famous scientist duo, aren't yeah.
1: they? Yeah. I don't know, but uh, in I any
2: mean, case, I I think she's. I guess they haven't firmly established that she's a scientist in this series, have they? Yeah. Have they? I said it in the last time we recorded, but I I guess they didn't really. They didn't say it. I guess not. So maybe my frustration is is all external and not like within universe, but.
1: Yeah, uh. yeah, but either way, it's it does suck because that would have been an easy out. That it's like we need Janet here for her expertise and blah 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 blah. There's yep. really no reason for Jessica to be back except to just kind of nerf the team that goes to New York just a little bit to have like one less person to deal with.
2: Yeah, man, <laughs> we get like so little. We've only, you know, we're only watching four episodes of this fifty-one episode show. But we really got, like, no Wasp content. (laughs) (laughs) Like, barely any Wasp content for the two of
1: us. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping that's different when you watch the whole show. Uh, Very much hoping, but... I
2: mean, any storyline they want to have a girl in... She's got to be a part of it because they only have one girl. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yep. (laughs) Oh, question for you. Do you take that sort of like weird someone's got to watch Akira, I'm not a babysitter thing as Akira is the one that they make Jessica a love interest for or vice versa?
1: I don't know because it could go either way. It could be... They could be playing the she sees him as a little kid and then eventually sees him as a, a more, man. A man. <laughs> but, I, but, I mean, we really don't see very many interactions between them. So, I and I can't really, I, I also really cannot tell what the ages are of these kids. Like, anime yeah, ages either. for kids' shows don't really matter most of the time. But since but they all also seem very disparate in their ages. So, like, yeah. I'm curious how steep, like, the age difference is between all of them. Mm-hmm. But, so that could play a difference or uh, play a role. I don't know.
2: Hey, I hope that we're just wrong, and that there is none whatsoever, and that we're just so programmed by the one girl
1: uh problem
2: that uh we're seeing it all wrong.
1: I hope so too. I mean it's totally possible it's been done it, it it's been done before, but it's just very <laughs> rare, yeah, actually, like Digimon Frontier had one girl, and she really didn't end up being a love interest for anyone, but every single well every single person flirted with her though like every mm. single barrel character every single one so her character and she really didn't have much of a characterization other than being the girl who like meanly yells at the boys for flirting with her Oh, okay. so like <laughs> <laughs>
2: so it's like kind of an improvement it's like a step forward and a step back
1: <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs>
2: <laughs> kind of just stays right where it is <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it's like i guess that's better than it being worse i mean <laughs> i don't
2: know <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah i'll have to consult
1: <laughs> <laughs> so in, in any case Uh, That's annoying. But either way, before the away team heads out, Akira does ask um, Hikaru to pass along a message to Spidey. Um, The message is, I believe in you, Spider-Man. Yes, yes.
2: I I wonder how much Spider-Man Akira content we get, because like you said earlier, they really do seem to build... A sort of a brother relationship between the two over the course of these two episodes that seems to have to have been built earlier
1: yeah i i would agree with that and i do appreciate like the one upside they have to splitting the team up other than making the fights like slightly more complicated i guess is it gives them these little moments where like akira is is ultimately like the uh like the the period on like the what they're talking like when they're trying to like be like, we believe in you, Spider-Man, and everything, and they're all doing it, and then they have to bring in uh, Akira, like, over-the-phone message like, yeah. separately as, like, the one final thing that pushes them over. So right. I really strongly think that they – Akira and Spider-Man particularly have, like, a, an extra strong bond, I think, even out of all of the kids in the show. Cool. I'm into that. Yeah.
2: Well, when the away team uh, does get to New York, they put their feet on the ground, and – that's not the phrase, is it? Yeah. <laughs> ear, ear to the ground? Uh, Oh yeah. Ear to the ground. They are feet on the ground, putting their ears to the ground, whatever. They're talking to New Yorkers (laughs) who, uh, who all verify that Spider-Man is acting strangely um, and has been for a while. Hikaru attempts to contact Peter Parker in an attempt to get some more info or contact Spider-Man. But obviously we know that Peter is not going to answer and he does not. Mm -hmm. Chris and Captain America are walking just on a street somewhere discussing openly the videos that they had watched earlier And guess who overhears but Spider-Man himself. So Hmm. Spider-Man calls out to them. And before they can really have any sort of um, conversation or confrontation, they hear police sirens. And this, you know, cuts their interaction very, very short as Spider-Man whips off, disparaging the police for not being able to do their job.
1: Mm -hmm. Can't catch. (laughs) It's like they can they can blare their sirens, but they can't catch perps on a good day.
2: Yeah, which um, (laughs) it's funny that that's that's like the bad guy version of Spider-Man because there are – I mean, Spider-Man has all kinds of different relationships with the police over his long, long, long publication Mm -hmm. uh, history – but I, it's funny that this one is like he's a bad guy so he's not going to like the police. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yeah. And he's not even saying any, any like actual like criticism of them no. it's just like <laughs> they don't they don't catch criminals very good. <laughs> yeah, right, right.
0: <laughs>
2: I just recently watched Far From Home and it reminds me of that scene that they cut. I don't know why they cut it where he uh what do they say like uh are you going to be the new iron man he's like i don't have time to do that i'm too busy doing your job like, <laughs> like this but meaner or yeah. i guess reversed it's like this but nicer
1: <laughs> right right <laughs> um so uh of course uh they witness spider-man um go after a bunch of uh bank robbers he gets super aggressive with them um as he's wont to do in the black suit
2: mm-hmm. probably more throwing cars
1: oh oh definitely <laughs> <laughs> Chris decides to intervene by de-smashing Captain America. Um, so Captain America actually goes to save nearby onlookers from, like, the collateral damage um, from Spider-Man. So Spider-Man, that's he's throwing everything around. Again, like we said, throwing cars around. Like, pieces of buildings are being knocked down into the street, and he, like, doesn't care at all. So um,
2: Yeah, it's an interesting characterization of Black Suit Spidey. Like, he's not angry. Like, that's kind of what I what I associate Black Suit Spidey on the verge of losing control. Like yeah. it's like that angry sort of just um like fury. That's mm-hmm. not what this is. Mm-mm. It's, it's like blinders almost.
1: Yeah. He's like reckless. He's just super yeah. reckless.
2: Yeah. It, th- there are like very nuanced differences in the way that they are portraying the effects of the venom symbiote to what I'm used to seeing.
1: Yeah. It's a very different take and I like it. It's, I think it's actually a really, really interesting, like really good take actually that I I would be, I would have been interested to like, I know this isn't the type of show where they can really dive that deeply into it, but I would have loved to see a little more of this in some context. It's probably not my favorite, favorite symbiote version, but I really like the take on it that they're doing because it does feel very different
2: yeah it's not it's certainly not my favorite but it, it fits the spider-man that we think we get from this you know we mm-hmm. only saw a little bit of spider-man in those first two episodes um but this sort of like blinders on reckless having fun some like sort of at other people's expense yeah. dangerous version of spider-man fits the sort of like weird wacky i i play with the bad guys a little bit version of spider-man we saw
1: Yes, yes, that's so true. <clears throat> so Captain America is saving onlookers from collateral damage, and of course he uh, confronts Spider-Man. So Captain America is like chastises him about it, and it's just like you can't do this. You're a hero, blah blah. I'm Captain America, and I make big speeches. Um, <laughs> yep. But, um, Captain, uh, uh, but Spider-Man's just like whatever, and they t- the two clash out in the open. Of course, they may have like a couple of pretty good like interactions while they're doing this, like. Mm-hmm. Cap notes that Spider-Man's abilities seem enhanced, which is an important plot point. Um, But there's, like, a nice little bit where, like, Spider-Man then calls out that Cap has a time limit. which
2: Yeah. That's
1: an advantage that he probably has that a lot of the villains don't have because he knows all about this disc business. Mm -hmm. So this is how he can kind of strategize. Um, But I like, like, one joke that he has where he's like... He's like, do you think that, like, how long is your time limit? Is it enough to, like, make some instant ramen? Uh, <laughs> which is totally a thing that, like, Peter, probably all Peter Parker's diet is. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: But, probably like, no matter where he is.
1: <laughs> and I like that Captain America takes it completely seriously. He's just like... Well, I clearly don't have time to have to eat with you, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, oh, man. It's such a Drax
2: moment. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till we finally do see Drax because, like, everyone's stealing his content. What's left?
1: <laughs> I know, right? And he's definitely in this because we saw yep. a little little, little clip of him. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> One thing that happens in this uh, interaction that I noticed because we recently talked about marvel rising and in one of those episodes squirrel girl calls out anime style fighting Mm -hmm. captain america absolutely shouts out that he's throwing his shield every time he throws his shield yep (laughs)
1: Yep. all of them do it well hulk doesn't do it as much but like wasp says wasp sting yep thor says some i mean it makes sense for thor to say some 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 yeah. fluffy stuff but it's funny to hear like wasp and captain america <laughs> shouting it out it's like thanks for the warning yep. shot man <laughs>
0: exactly
1: right <laughs> either way like uh spider-man has this knowledge so he is going to use it against captain america mm-hmm. uh spidey swings away and chris kind of recognizes that this is probably what spidey's doing he's like he's going to steer clear in order to wait out time limit so then he's just and Captain America is going to have to be um, uh, put back into the disc. So, yeah. Instead, though, Spider-Man actually attempts to sneak up on Captain America, but That's like
2: a worse plan actually.
1: I know, like, why, right? did, why
2: didn't he just wait out the time limit? <laughs>
1: yeah, that was a good plan in the first place. I uh-huh. wonder. I, I could, I could, I could see the argument that since the symbiote is there, kind of amplifying oh, his yeah. need to like do stuff recklessly, like he's just not going to want to wait patiently. He just wants to fight.
2: That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But luckily, we sort of... I, I, this is a thing that I think this these episodes show really well, is how they kind of integrate the children into these fights. Yeah. Because they're not, like, just standing on the sidelines, just, like, yelling and commentating on stuff or being in danger. Like, they actually are kind of involved and make these really smart observations that they can then relay to the heroes. So in this case... Edward, who just happens to kind of be spectating, like on top of another building. But he's...
2: I will say they—they they, like showed Edward get there.
1: That's like, true. They showed a
2: couple shots of him like running through the city or like following a crowd it's like totally unnecessary they didn't need to do it but they still did
1: <laughs> that's true because i mean well it makes it so it's, it feels a little less like random because yeah. they set it up that's that's a good point i think that they always have the kids placed in smart places where they can make these observations yeah um, it's kind of the opposite to when we were watching like the first two episodes and we we're like how do they know that pepper is tied up how do they know that like oh, yeah all this is going on like good point they
2: vastly improved that problem
1: <laughs> yeah yeah because the kids can now kind of strategize and help with the Too because the heroes aren't necessarily going to notice that they're kind of out and about observing. So Edward sees that Spidey is going to sneak up on Captain America um, and, you know, alerts alerts everybody. So it ruins Spidey's plan, um, which, of course, upsets Spider-Man, who then confronts this uh, little kid.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is like kind of a scary scene, too, it because- It really is. You know, Edward is tiny. He's like the little kid of the group. And Spider-Man goes to confront him and just like towers over him. And, I, you know, we get the sense that Edward is sort of also- kind of a it feels mean to call him a coward but that's like part of what his characterization is that he's nervous and he's Mm -hmm. you know scared of these sort of situations probably why he's teamed up with the hulk yeah it's probably what he's learning is is courage and confidence and, and finding his strength and all that sort of stuff but you know it's it's the the juxtaposition of the two is is very well done. Edward does try to de smash Hulk so that Hulk can confront Spider Man, but he fails to do so because he drops the disc and like trips over himself.
1: Uh, like I know that it, that's kind of his character archetype, but also like it's episode thirty five, kid. Like I think you like you should that's have fair. this nailed a little <laughs> better by now. I'm sure you've done this a hundred times by now. Yeah, and <laughs> and that's
2: actually that's a really good point because if I had been watching every episode between, I probably would have been very annoyed um, at the fact that. Like he can just drop it and it doesn't do anything. Yeah, I think I was like caught up in the the sort of fascination that he can drop it and that doesn't result in the smash. Like they yeah. literally have to throw that sucker on the ground. Apparently, um, and I right. guess they have to they have to scan their DNA too. But yeah, just the fact that it like drops and nothing happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really funny to me. But yeah. that is that is a good point. Like get your, get your shit together, kiddo.
1: <laughs> Other than that, I think it's a well constructed little little sequence. Yeah, because um, Spider-Man does come off very intimidating. Yeah. And, and surprisingly scary.
2: Sort of like the shocker interaction. This is where you're like, oh shit! Like this dude could do some real damage. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, and, and it's funny he does I th- not care. And I think that just from the juxtaposition, because he doesn't really have to do anything. Um yeah. It's just just from kind of um, being just a little more aggressive with his commands and just standing there towering over him. It just yeah. immediately evokes like a really primal fear.
2: Yeah. The 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 um. The power dynamic is so much more obvious when it's a good guy who's a kid than it is when it's two robbers, <laughs> you know, Yeah. that you already are, are supposed to believe are like bad guys or whatever. But yeah. in any case, um, Spider-Man reaches out to grab Edward, but abruptly stops. And I initially thought they were going to go to a commercial break because it was that sort of drawn out. The fact yeah. that he's like, oh, don't, don't, don't grab me. Don't, don't do it. And then it doesn't happen. And it's because Spider-Man is apparently able to resist to some degree what the suit is influencing him to do, which I think is really interesting because mm-hmm. it it implies that there is a physical influence that the suit has over Spider-Man that isn't just augmentation, that it's not just an attitudinal thing, it's not just a mindset thing. Um, but that there there must be some sort of like physical yeah. struggle between the two as well.
1: Yeah, it it's a great take that I think really amps up the horror elements of it, um, in a way that you don't see that like you see shades of it, but these episodes really amp up that idea that like there is a conscious Spider-Man almost like inside of this body that he can't control to an extent. Like yeah. in a way. You could read it like that.
2: I think it's, it's, there's like a horror to it that's, that's unique um, from the, the truly horrific um, take we normally get, which is that in order to not struggle and be in pain, you almost give up to it, but you're conscious yeah. of that fact. Yeah, which is weird, because because you know most of the most of the symbiotes, if not all the symbiote situations that we've talked about thus far, there's almost like a like a brainwashing element to it, where right. while the actions are being taken, Peter Parker believes they are the correct action, or Eddie Brock believes they are the correct action, and realizes the moment when he's separated from the symbiote that what they were doing was horrifying. This implies that maybe they can tell while it's happening
1: (laughs) yeah which is horrible
2: but we don't know exactly how much we just know that it's enough that peter parker is able to exert some sort of force over the symbiote while he's wearing it
1: yeah yeah they
2: don't Uh, dive in too deep
1: (laughs) they don't they don't they don't have time to i get it right (laughs) but Yeah. yeah i mean and it's real um It's real dramatic because he's like Mm -hmm. he's like kind of like like whispering to him like run run for it hurry.
2: It's kind of Bruce Banner Hulkish, where they are two entities in one body, and either one of them can sort of give up to the other, like like in uh, Ragnarok where they talk about who has the what what am I trying to say? Who's steering the car at the moment? Like who Mm -hmm. has their hands on the wheel? Mm -hmm. Either one of them can give that up to the other. That's kind of what this feels like, as opposed to being two entities sort of being braided together to one consciousness
1: yeah yeah that's interesting you're right huh yeah i really dig it i dig it i would love to see more versions of the symbiote like um or another version of the symbiote that like has the time and like capacity to dive a little more into the mechanics of this like i would love to see that play out because this is i would too
2: because well i would too because i think that getting a boiled down version of it isn't great because it, it it strips away a little bit of the symbiotic relationship yeah but if you had the time to flesh it out and really explore it, I think you could you could get back to that mark without just being the the thing we always see
1: right. Yes, yes, definitely, well, and another and in another case of uh of Edward just like not being very good at his job, oh my God, this, made this me so actually mad
2: annoyed me so much more,
1: maybe so mad, so it's just this really dramatic, very like heroic, tragic moment where spider man is getting some control over his body, telling Edward to run for it, just run for it hurry, and Edward doesn't run, he's just like, oh no, nothing,, oh, I'm so scared, and it's just like. The the only logic that I can that I can read into this that they were trying to do, and I don't think it works. But I what I think they were trying to do was have like that he is even more traumatized than he maybe normally would be because this is Spider Man coming out of it, coming after him, which is someone mm-hmm. that he like considers like a friend and a hero that he looks up to, and so it's like the double down of trauma of like being in this you know terrible situation, but also that it's being caused from someone. Like, by someone you really trusted but at the same time this is also episode 35 (laughs) he's probably been in worse situations than this let's be real like you can run man (laughs) Yeah,
2: it doesn't really give me a lot of hope for my future relationship with edward like I, i don't think i'm going to like him very much if this is his characterization throughout maybe he's just the last one to get a full development arc but sure Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's still
1: like 20 episodes after this. So, I mean, it's possible. uh, Entirely possible. But, I mean,
2: we see that he's had some development because, spoiler alert, there's a gadget reveal later on that he doesn't earn this time around. So, there had to have been some development. Right. You don't get gadgets in a cartoon show without examining yourself. (laughs) Unless
1: you're Power (laughs) Rangers Megaforce. Oh, 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 you know what? I was
2: going to say Power Rangers Samurai, but true, true, true.
1: (laughs) Samurai works too, yep. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's two episodes in a row it's 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 clearly been bubbling within us both (laughs) yep yep (laughs) um anyway avengers anime centering ourselves (laughs) well since he doesn't run and doesn't take any sort of action in this opportunity someone else has to swing in and someone else does swing in edward is whisked away by one black widow which is really funny because we talked about her a lot in our last recording because of her absence from the team. So it's kind of a, a cool coincidence that we get to see what their take on Black Widow is by pure coincidence in the next couple episodes we watched.
1: Yeah. I, I and I had I mean, even the the little that I knew of these episodes, I had no idea she was on this either. So yeah. um, and I wouldn't have guessed,
2: honestly. Yep. Me neither, but your suspicion was correct in that she is she's not part of the team of Avengers because she appears to be a full-fledged like, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. um, and that's sort of where she fits into this show. It seems like maybe they might allow her to challenge that, and I hope that they do, but we don't necessarily see the conclusion of that this time around.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would like to see a little bit of that, too, because they do sow some interesting seeds for if they mm-hmm. did want to go forward with her character with other stuff.
2: Right. She almost she's almost similar to what we talked about with Quake and Marvel Rising where like she's part of a team but she also has doubts about orders that she's given and you know kind of does her own thing every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So ho- hopefully Black Widow gets to do that.
1: Yeah. This. Yeah. Um <laughs> her interactions with uh the Spider-Man are interesting. Oh boy.
2: So there's, is there, I don't think there's any precedent for this.
1: (laughs) No, it's a lot of weird flirting from Spider-Man's end. Like a lot of it. Like it's stuff that I would expect if, if he was, if he was interacting with like black cat, maybe or something like that. Like, but it's like for black widow, it's
2: weird. It doesn't feel like that kind of flirting. Black cat and Spider-Man, when they're flirting, you can tell that they are like, Into each other, and there's like chemistry there, and that's why it's happening. Mm. This feels very much like the cat call guy that's type true. of flirting.
1: <laughs> that's true. Which again is an interesting side of the of the symbiote if that's something that they're, you know, again we don't really see a lot of it so you don't really delve into it. Oh, but God, like I
2: hope it's just the symbiote. I hope so. I know. Man. I hope this is just I'm not a confident. Thing that, <laughs> that's what makes me nervous. <laughs>
1: yeah, I hope this isn't a thing that he just does. It's just like, well, Spider-Man is like sarcastic and makes quips and so he's just going to kind of going to going to flirt with the ladies. That's what's going to be does. silly
2: and creepy a little. Bit. <laughs>
1: no because yeah, it's it's rough like it's, it's real weird. gross i mean luckily it's black widow so you know she's she is always she's like firing back like immediately yep. but it's really weird and awkward and it doesn't help that like all the weird aggressive flirting like culminates in her getting like stuck in his sticky white goo so uh-huh. <laughs> not lost on me <laughs> yep yep yep, yep. i do great. like the way you phrase it in in the uh show notes is this is just Spider-Man harasses Black Widow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I knew you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yep, <laughs> um, he does. I, he really does. And and like you said, like she 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 fires it right back. Um, these two are actually a great match for each other as far as being on opposing sides of a fight. Both from you know a quippy perspective. Um, from an actual combat perspective, from a tactical perspective. I love the fights that they, they yeah. animate for these two. It they're yes. they're fun.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting that they I mean, Black Widow obviously has always been like a badass in the comics, but like she's still a badass who's a regular human. But this mm-hmm. this these episodes treat her like she's like the secret weapon of shield. Like yeah. that, that it's extreme like the episode ends on like, is Black Widow gonna like murder spider-man like and and it's just like okay like you gotta buy into it
2: (laughs) yeah yeah for real but i mean they they back it up they make her really really capable i love it Mm -hmm. because you know she she uses her equipment they also give her the um the shock uh i don't even know what to call them because i don't know what her equipment is called but you know there are a lot of iterations of her where she has either a gun that can shock or you know, uh, different types of equipment that have, like, shocking abilities. And she has that in this series, mm-hmm. which is cool. She uses it in a couple different ways, which is fun.
1: And, yeah, they because ha- they have it almost exactly like how it is in the movies where she, like, just shoots, shoots these little shock devices out of her hands.
2: Yeah, it's like a taser without cords.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. I- and I really love how they use it. And they use her just, like, shooting out, like, little, like, kind of grappling hook things out of her hands, mm-hmm. too, sometimes. Um, it's real neat. I love it.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, like you mentioned, he does manage to trap her in his sticky web stuff. A
1: web. And,
2: uh, <laughs> yep. We haven't really talked about his web. They they don't even try to make it look like web. They just they know exactly what they're going for. Uh huh. And they stick exactly with it. Um yep. it's 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 just like very much um I don't know, it's more of a goop than it is a, a, a web.
1: Yep. Very and white he, poop. <laughs>
2: he, yeah, he tends to use it that way uh, more than he does in any other ways. Uh, even in even in the uh, first two episodes, we talk about he uses it a lot more as um, something to step in or bind people with or blindfold people with. Or grab things with than he does to ever tie anyone up or swing around, you know?
1: Yeah, because they, really, they really amplify the, uh, like, the liquidy, that it's like a goopy liquid more than, like, a solid web. Because it's even yeah. kind of drawn, like, without an outline. Like, it's just yeah. flat white. Mm-hmm. But what was funny is that when you sometimes, when it's the full strands, like, it, it, when you see kind of in close-ups it does have those like you know like the knots that like the yeah. 90s spaghetti webbing has it still <laughs> has that in it interestingly even though that almost doesn't really fit the goopy style that they're going for
2: yeah they should just go hunt, like 100% goop if if that's how he's going to use it for sure right <laughs> so yeah so she's 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 stuck but uh arriving at the scene and seeing black widow trapped and having captain america just time out um hikaru uh, decides like all right it's my turn to to d smash here and he lets thor out to confront spider-man uh spider-man is super super good at dodging everything in this show i Dude. like how agile they make him
1: <laughs> yeah i even i had a note about that because even like right after thor comes out like I, I think he like throws his hammer at some point and his hammer just like kind of comes back to him and mm-hmm. and like uh spidey's just like casually just while he's in the middle of talking to him just kind of casually ducks his head a little bit as the oh. hammer just flies past it it's so cool he
2: does it to captain america and the shield too where oh, captain yeah. america is very obviously trying to boomerang him and it doesn't work even a little bit like, yeah not it, at all <laughs> they don't
1: call out like that he had a spider sense moment or something he's just like no. not even it, it doesn't even phase him at all he yeah. can just casually dodge it it's so funny
2: yeah, yeah. I'm I'm into it cuz it creates very very cool sequences.
1: Mhm.
2: Like like the ones that are happening in this interaction. I th- I think the Thor Spider-Man stuff is is pretty good. It's very short though. I mean, Spider-Man pretty much dodges all of uh Thor's attacks with Mjolnir, <laughs> which is a word I cannot say without Mjolnir? being ridiculous. <laughs> Mjolnir. Mjolnir. <laughs> and uh and and basically just attempts to hide from Thor, like fully embraces the like, all right, fine. We're just going to do the time out thing. Like this is going to be ridiculous if you're all going to come after me like, <laughs> I could do this all day, you know? <laughs> and uh, it doesn't work because the hammer accidentally hits a bell that happens to be nearby.
1: <laughs> you know, all those giant bells that are just at the tops mm-hmm. of skyscrapers in New York.
2: Oh, yeah. The iconic bells <laughs> in New York. That's Those are the landmarks that they decided to include. <laughs> <laughs> Not a, it's not even a church bell. I, not, I don't even think it's a church. It's just nope. like a tower with a bell.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> but yeah, sure. in
2: one of those attacks, in one of those boomerang attempts, uh, it 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 happens to hit a bell, which you know reveals Spider Man and also obviously upsets the suit. So we see the suit sort of does its weird ripple thing, very cool but simple effect when they do the the sound wave thing with with the black suit, and I think. Uh who is it that oversees it? It's Hikaru, right, who ends yeah. up seeing this happen from below?
1: Yeah, yeah, cuz he's the one who brings it up later.
2: Yeah. But just far enough away that it's not like he knows what happened. He just like happened to see from the ground that uh that something was going on with the black suit. So again, that that good placement.
1: Yeah, yeah, cuz then it's not like he immediately knows. Like he still has to put the pieces together mm-hmm. later on. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's really smart writing for that
2: yeah well this this causes spider-man to run so this is this is sort of his his cue to like actually get out of here and stop antagonizing the avengers <laughs> <laughs> he's just
1: mad he's not part of their team <laughs> that would that's a on disc. you buddy <laughs>
2: yeah he's mad he's not in a disc
1: <laughs> <laughs> like i wouldn't have to pay rent if i was in a disc oh my gosh put me in a disc damn <laughs> <laughs> Um, so after this, uh, we get some um, some exposition actually from Black Widow. She uh, she kind of meets up with the uh, with the kids on the ground, and she explains that Shield has actually been pursuing Spider Man um, because they know what's going on with him. He is possessed by this black suit, uh, which is actually an alien life form called Venom. Uh, that Interesting
2: late- that they've named it Venom
1: yeah or or there are
2: a couple little details um uh-huh. in these episodes i don't love and that's one of them
1: yeah i i took it as i i don't I, they were i don't think they were thinking they weren't thinking through this they were just throwing it in there because it's comic book stuff but yeah. I, I like the idea that because she doesn't say that like an alien life form we we could we called or like we named or we, we deemed venom or like codenamed venom it was like she says it's called venom so it's sort of like did Venom tell you that that was his name? Like Ooh, the, the alien group oh. came down and be like, hello, I am Venom. I come in peace. And it's like, all right, nope, you're in a container now. It's like, oh, oh. I'm going to get my revenge on you then. <laughs>
2: I like it. That, that must be it.
1: But either way, yeah, so uh, this alien life form named Venom landed on Earth about a year ago, actually, and and then, like, mysteriously disappeared or whatever, and obviously Spider-Man somehow has it now. Um, she explains that it is uh, symbiotic and has a mind-altering nature, um, and then explains that after a vehicle transporting the life form crashed, uh, that's when Venom disappeared, and then Spider-Man coincidentally appeared wearing it as a suit, which ha- calls a few things into question yes. for them. So. This 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 bit is kind of, I have mixed feelings about this. So this brings in this conversation where, like, they're all talking about, like, oh, well, I guess that's a good, good thing, sort of, because that means that Spider-Man isn't responsible for his actions or whatever. So, like, the kids are like, yay, we just have to take the suit off. And then they introduce this other ripple of, like, well, it's weird that Spider-Man got it after it disappeared, so what if he found out about it and stole it on purpose because he wanted to use it to enhance his abilities, which I don't know. I don't really, like, get... The only reason that that feels like that's thrown in here is specifically so the kids can then talk about how they believe in Spider-Man and go through the whole great power comes get responsibility thing. Like, he would never do this because he is a responsible person because it really, like, does not play into anything else. They could still be doing all of the, like... We believe in you Spider-Man because we love you because they're trying to help him break free of the suit without this aspect of it, you know.
2: They they definitely could, but I I'm not surprised they did this though because I feel like it plays on that sort of like kids are the hope and adults are all jaded and selfish and like mm. they've got it all wrong type of thing that you get from plenty of cartoons where kids are the are the heroes, right? We're like we have to do this because the adults don't take us seriously, or the the adults aren't seeing this correctly, or the adults are dumb, or the adults are bad, or like I, I think I, I don't know why they felt compelled to do it in this one, um, but I'm not surprised it managed to creep its way in.
1: That's true. No, I didn't think about it that way
2: because they they do it earlier too, like in in the uh, like HQ wherever that HQ is the Avengers are the ones who don't see things right, right? Like the kids are upset that something is going on with Spider-Man and the Avengers are the ones who are like, eh, maybe it's like an imposter. Like maybe that's not (laughs) it. Like they're just shown being wrong um, a number of times in these two episodes.
1: That's true. I guess that's sort of like the interesting lens that this show is kind of telling all its stories from is because it has these kid characters, it's going to kind of be – almost kind of like interrogating like a lot of the, uh, the superheroes themselves because they're like, they have to now make all their decisions through these kids. And yeah, no, you're right. Because Captain America even has that very specific speech about the kids like in the second episode. Mm-hmm. And like that there are people who have hope and optimism. So if that's like the whole like kind of thesis of the show, then I can be a little more on board with it. Because it's just kind of playing into that overall theme.
2: It is a little weird, though, as a thesis for this show, given the audience of the show. Because what it does is it forces you to call into question your heroes, which True. isn't a bad thing. But when when that's sort of the main takeaway from your show, unless you unless you really tie it up in a way where the heroes end up seeing what the kids have been seeing, mm-hmm. um, you just end up with heroes who are kind of like jaded or old or you, know, you end up with the Watchmen, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know,
1: if it goes in the way the direction that you're saying where it's like if this show ends with the heroes ultimately learning from the kids and they have and they end up defeating whoever the big bad is because of things that they learn from the kids and improve because of their interactions with the kids i'm really here for that actually yeah like, no, i'm
2: i'm good with that I, sort of tie-up i up.
1: don't know if they're they are gonna they are doing that but i like that idea a lot and that would be a really effective use of this bizarre <laughs> setup that they have for the show yeah
2: i, I hope that's what happens yeah yeah. cuz i'm i'm all about like heroes who think they're the shit and learn that they're not and you know learn it from unconventional places
0: yeah Uh, that's
1: cool another thing that we're just going to learn when we inevitably watch the whole show so (laughs) we'll let you know (laughs) yeah look forward to your bonus episode coming in a few months Um, (laughs) yeah so they're kind of having these interactions like we said the kids are like i believe in spider-man um and edward uses this as an opportunity to kind of bring up the whole thing where spider-man like stopped himself and warned him so they they kind of realize that like the the, the symbiote does it doesn't have 100 percent full control over them over him. Spider Man is in or er, is there? It is not in full control, uh, but he is still in there. And and I think it's Thor who is like I can sense that he's there and he is suffering.
2: Oh my gosh! Ooh. There is such a good good moment with the subtitles where it literally is like they're talking about spider-man and it just says he dot 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 is suffering and uh-huh. i was like there are two meanings to this sentence and they're they're both true Like
1: yeah. <laughs> spider-man
2: is literally just suffering <laughs> that, is,
0: yeah.
1: that
2: is what makes him relatable
1: <laughs> uh, yep <laughs> yep <laughs> oh man it's good. It's good. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea. And I like that they just like put it out, put put it right on the table. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, Oh no, Spider-Man S-
2: suffering in there.
1: Yeah, man.
2: Well, the Avengers, this, okay. So we don't see a lot of this in the, in the episodes that we see, but I, I suspect we probably get a little bit of back and forth here and there over the course of the series and maybe get the conclusion we were just talking about as a result, but the Avengers, basically look to the kids and say like, so you guys do have faith in Spider-Man still, right? Like you believe, and they're like, yeah. And then the Avengers are basically like, all right, like that's, you know, I guess that's how we're doing it. (laughs) It's like, cool, all right, good, way to be on board. But that gets interrupted by basically a communication from S.H.I.E.L.D. to Black Widow um, that is in order to restrain Spider-Man by any means necessary, which the kids correctly interpret as if you gotta kill him, kill him. Like, just stop him. <laughs> yeah. Which is dark.
1: Yep. Yep. I like how they play. I, I do like how they how they play it, because you know, they can't it's it's still like it's still a kid's show, even though it's a kid's anime, and they're not so they're not gonna be like, I'm probably going to stab him or something. Like, but right. but it's very clear that it, what's going on and the kids catch on. Oh yeah, <laughs> Edward's quickly. reaction says it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and I like the, again, kind of a um like a, a like a um well this comes after in a second so they after they get like upset by it the the subs say that captain america says this is the worst possible scenario which it's like it's <laughs> a little over dramatic here bud like i no, feel like the worst <laughs>
2: <laughs> they haven't met ultron yet and yes. the, the Chitari haven't arrived yeah i guess so (laughs) is thanos in this series
1: (laughs) mm, (laughs) it's like i mean i guess cat but it's just like okay i guess you're going for i guess but uh not the worst (laughs) hyperbolic (laughs) yeah but you know the 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 tension and the drama is still there so yeah black widow is like slowly in a very badass way approaching spider-man um and we know that they're gonna have a really epic battle and that's where we Cut to to be continued.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Spider Man was up to, but like Black Widow's like walking through smoke and debris.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And again, it's so cool that they're treating her. Like such a total like formidable opponent to spy- to an enhanced ability Spider-Man mm-hmm. who was taking on Thor in Captain America. Yeah. And it's just like, oh yeah, she'll probably be the one to kill him if we don't if we don't stop this. Yeah. <laughs> like that's so cool.
2: I I I do feel like I have to point out though that on multiple occasions she is stopped by simply stepping in web. True. <laughs> Which is a bummer. But other than that, you're right. Like, she really is secret weapon being sent in to basically assassinate (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. And I I guess you can argue, like, it's not so much of her power set as it is that, like, obviously Thor and Captain America were not trying to kill him. Yeah. But you're now seeing this person who has the motivation to potentially kill him and will do it like without hesitation. And I think that's what the real terror comes from here.
2: This almost feels like a pre-all-in Avengers version of Natasha Romanov from the movies where you're like, once she's on board with the team, she sort of questions her past and the things that she's done. Kind of feels like maybe that's the Natasha we get here where it's like, you know, you know Cap- Captain America even says like, boys, she's she's following orders. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. So it, it kind of seems like that's the headspace she's in, which is why I hope that she gets to challenge S.H.I.E.L.D. later in the series.
1: yeah yeah me too it would be really cool to see that because i could really see this version of it having a this version of her having uh having a really cool arc yes if they they do that yeah man so many possibilities for this show
2: i know i know they really have a massive playground to work with and and uh i i I don't know how they could get to it all so hopefully they they really slam dunk on the stuff that they they do yeah so Well, there are uh, the the interesting thing about Spider-Man episodes in this show specifically is they they don't have a super emotive Spider-Man mask. Yeah. Um, But a lot of the cool faces are still coming from Spider-Man because the other faces aren't super emotive either. Mm. (laughs) This is not the type of anime that does like goofy anime reactions. Yeah. Like Squirrel Girl. So, I don't know. For this one, it's all just black suit Spider-Man stuff. You know? It's <laughs> cool. I'm here for He's it. cool. Um, one that I I had to include because it's just necessary is an <laughs> upside-down black suit Spider-Man in front of a big old full moon, which, as you and I both know, uh-huh. is all about butts. Uh huh. So, I had to capture it. Yep. It's beautiful. There's just something about... A black suited Spider-Man and a full moon. It's like chocolate. It's like peanut butter for your eyes. It's a match made in heaven. And I uh-huh. will take it every single day.
1: And he does have a good butt, a very good butt in this show. So it makes True. sense. <laughs> True. are just you, representing that. If you don't know what we're talking about, just uh, <laughs> listen to uh, episode our episode five on the alien costume three parter yes. from the nineties show. Hashtag yes. hashtag butt symbology.
2: Mm-hmm. It's all about the moon.
1: Of course, of course there's a moon in this. Like, Of course there's a moon. There's always a moon. There's always a moon.
2: You cannot tell a Venom story without a big old full moon. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other is just, um, you know, a grab of when the suit ripples at the bell. Because what they do with its reaction to sound waves, I think is kind of cool if only because it's unique it's not necessarily great in the way that it's animated there are a couple scenes that are very well animated but this in particular is just spidey's face (laughs) in reacting to uh the sound waves which is like sort of splattery and his eyes uh are intentionally sort of in different places in different shapes yeah um, I point out intentionally because sometimes it happens and it's definitely not intentional. <laughs> yep but this time it was very clearly intentional
1: yeah it's like actually like distorting him
2: like he just got conked on the head
1: <laughs> yeah it's interesting it's interesting mm-hmm. yeah I like and they do it too, like a, a few different ways throughout it too like in the next episode the way that they show it is almost a more of like an electric electric ripple kind of I
2: really like the one in the next episode me yeah. too you yeah. know what it reminds me of have you seen Inside Out, the yes. Pixar movie Inside oh, Out? Yeah, absolutely. When they <laughs> when they go into like uh I don't remember what place it is, but where they sort of like start falling into other forms of animation. It oh, kind of God, feels like that yeah. where it's like, what's happening to my face? <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh yeah, that's so true. Especially
2: the one in the second episode where it's all like angular and weird. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, a
2: couple cool spidey faces in that first one.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I like these episodes a lot. So <laughs> me too. Yeah, I, I
2: do think they feel a lot more Spider-Man like. We'll see this. We'll see this in the second one too. But the way that they solve problems in these episodes feels very much like the way that Spider-Man would solve problems in his own show. Yes. Um. So I like that a lot. A, a lot of that is setting, just how you use the city around you. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of characteristic of how Spider-Man operates. So I'm glad that they embrace that.
1: Yes. Very true. So the next episode, we'll just go ahead and pick it up because uh, part two of this and the epic conclusion of the Venom symbiote.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: this is episode 36, Weakness of the Venom Symbiote. The synopsis, again, per TV Tokyo with some rough translations. <laughs> the cause of Spider-Man's violence was the space creature Venom. Captain America, Thor, and Hulk <laughs> try to stop the violence, but Spider-Man, parasitized by Venom... uh, is is stronger than ever and is forced to struggle. In the meantime, the heroes discover the weaknesses of the enemy by chance and finally succeed in peeling off Venom from Spider-Man. However, their joy is parasitized by the the opponent that Venom wants to parasitize (laughs) parasitize most. There is no way to do it anymore.
2: (laughs) What? What is that last (laughs) sentence? I
1: don't know about the last one. I didn't know how to change it. And I feel like parasitize... A better translation probably would have been Possessed, but I really like that they use the word parasitize so much, and I had to keep it, and then that was my own downfall. No, I'm very, (laughs) very glad
2: you did, because I I really want, I kind of want to see if I can figure out the effect that the different languages have on the way that Venom is described and portrayed, Hmm. because we are used to describing Venom as a symbiotic relationship here, but in the translation that we are watching and in this translation that we have of these synopses they always say parasite they have yeah. they never translate anything from what we have seen as symbiotic yeah. and there there is a difference
1: yeah and they use the word symbiote like in the title and maybe one other time but yeah. it's just like a na- like the name of the creature Um, rather than it being representative of a symbiotic relationship.
2: Right. So I'm curious if there is a language thing where we have two different words from different roots that create a nuanced difference. And maybe there's... Like, I just don't know. I I can't imagine there wouldn't be ways to describe those relationships because they're like biological relationships. So then I wonder if maybe there's a maybe there's a more history tradition of the sort of possession or parasitized version of things versus the symbiotic thing. Um, I don't know. I just, I think it is, it's noteworthy that parasite is used to describe venom in the, in the translations that we have as opposed to symbiotic relationship.
1: Yeah. I don't know what to make
2: of it yet, but I think it is interesting.
1: It is interesting. And the way that it's portrayed in these episodes the only like aspect of it being symbiotic is that it enhances their powers. But if yes. you consider that like the host isn't really in control at all and like it is apparently like conscious in there and trying to fight back,
2: mm-hmm. then that's not really
1: symbiotic. That is more parasitic. So yeah, that's yeah. interesting.
2: So I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know if there's maybe some traditional storytelling that's coming out through this medium specifically because of where it's being produced and it's Maybe more recognizable, or what? Or I, I don't know. It could also it it could also just be a failing of of the writers to sort of nail it. It's also possible. <laughs> true, true. I hope that's not it, though. <laughs> it
1: could also be Google Translate just got all the words wrong or something. Yeah. I, and the subs were all out of off whack, out of whack. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it could be know. a number of. It's. I mean, that's just the the downside of of any kind of translation. <laughs> we're never going to get the purest version of uh, of what it was before. So right,
2: right. Uh,
1: language is weird.
2: It's so weird. Um, <laughs> well, you know what's not weird? Time. It's never weird. Sure. Just kidding. It's always super weird. This episode <laughs> originally <laughs> aired on December 3rd, 2014. Um, it was also written by Mitsutaka Hirota, but it was directed by Makoto Sonata. They directed on Saint Seiya Omega and were the assistant director on a One Piece film.
1: Yeah, that's um, the only things so, that I I found on IMDb. So, hmm. but but also this show wasn't even listed on their actual IMDb. Like I, Wikipedia gotcha. is the one that had their credits. So who knows how what other lesser known anime these people have worked on that IMDb yeah. doesn't care about because they're not American. So well, it's not much.
2: <laughs> welcome to the party, Makoto. I hope your career was boosted significantly by yeah. working on a Venom cartoon. Right?
1: Because. <laughs> <laughs> some of these sequences are good
2: yes yes well we don't have to talk about any characters who are introduced in this because everybody is just a carryover from the last one so we can actually dive right into those animation sequences sweet
1: (laughs) (laughs) cool so this episode opens with a very quick recap but then jumps right into the opening theme which is awesome
2: yes yes
1: and you can play it again if you want
2: I mean, I've already played it like 12 times over the course of this episode, so sure, you're welcome, listeners. (laughs) I'm
1: here for it. (laughs) But when the episode starts proper, um, Akira and Jessica, um, along with their Avengers partners and Pepper, are watching a news story from New York City, seeing Spider-Man and Black Widow clashing in the street. So Tony does, like, recognize S.H.I.E.L.D.'s involvement, um, but Akira, Jessica, and Wasp insist that they should join the others in New York and kind of help address this this problem. Tony is still, like, really harping on, like, building this dimensional gate thing, which makes me wonder if there's, like, a guilt thing with him. Like, maybe he felt responsible for their dad or something like that. We don't really delve into that here, but I could see it.
2: If this is heavily influenced by Robert Downey Jr.'s version of Tony Stark, I would not be surprised if if this Tony was haunted by guilt.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know how much of that is baked into the comics, and how much of that is just, you know, how RDJ sort of reinvented that character, but uh, this obviously is is influenced in many ways by that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is one of them, but I could see it.
1: Right, right. But either way, Tony is kind of objecting about this, but, uh, but, but Pim's like, I mean... Dick, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like their exchange though because he's like i don't really need your help right now you can just go and mm. tony's like well you didn't need to add the really part <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs>
2: yeah yeah they they're tony's funny like they uh yeah. in, in a different way you know like he's He's, there have been a number of times where he's sort of been the butt of a joke indirectly, but he also seems to be aware of the fact that people can treat him that way. And it comes out in moments like that where he's like, well, you didn't have to add that part. Like (laughs) you didn't have to throw the sting on the end. (laughs) Right. Uh, But I, I, I dig it. It's, it provides like a little bit more comic relief here and there, which I can, I can get behind.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So back in New York, Black Widow and Spider Man do continue to exchange blows, um, and their fight is being broadcast across the country, like we saw. So we occasionally will get these clips of like people watching at home, just to sort of stress how big of an event this is. The fact that um, you know you've got superheroes fighting in the street, one of which is Spider Man. Um, those <laughs> I didn't screen grab them, but we should screen grab them. Those <laughs> cuts to those like living room and computer scenes are so funny because they're so unimportant that uh-huh. they don't really spend a whole lot of time on them i don't even know if they're animated as much as they're just like frames
1: (laughs) well it's funny because it's really very much i don't know if this was intentional or not it's like really similar vibes to um the digimon R war game movie which is like one of the segments in the digimon movie because that's actually a big part of it because the battle is happening on the internet in that movie and so you get a lot of clips of people around the world like watching but the difference there is that it actually plays like a really major that mm-hmm. plays a major role in like the culmination, like the climax Ooh. of it. Okay. Whereas here, all, of, all I mean, the the purpose of it is just adding color to that that a that it's a big deal, and b like that Spider Man having this black costume is sort of like ruining his reputation with everyone. But yeah. like they didn't re- they didn't really need him because you still have people in the city yeah. who are there present presently watching all of this so i'm
2: conflicted about that because i definitely agree with you that they didn't need to do it they've already established that there is like a strong onlooking contingent but i'm just a sucker for like the watching the news story thing That's i true. love when they cut to a news story especially outside of the setting there are like some really cool moments in signs where they do that where like you yeah. get told parts of the story again it's, it's treated differently because they're telling part of the story through news stories whereas this is not doing that but i guess maybe my bias is to like give them credit for including those things even when it's bad like this
1: (laughs) that's true because it's still like they didn't need to do that but it still adds a lot more epicness to it like it makes it feel like it's a bigger deal than if you were just watching these two people clash on the street because for us we're seeing this technically happen every week
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but if this is happening out in the open like in new york city with like a beloved hero that's going to kind of up the up the stakes especially given the context that it isn't just a typical hero villain battle it is actually Mm -hmm. like also a fight for spider-man's reputation
2: it is still very worth noting that there's like a good way to do that and a bad way to do that and this definitely falls more on the bad (laughs) way to do it which is like negligible unanimated frames
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and they're not even like interesting frames (laughs) No, no no
0: no
2: Anyway, this is being watched across the country, so um, it's a a big deal. Um, Spider-Man does gain an upper hand on Black Widow when he trips her, um, using his web once again. um, (laughs) But before he can land a devastating punch, um, his fist stops again, and Black Widow jumps out of the way. And, of course, Edward, who's nearby, recognizes that ceased attack as similar to the one that spared him earlier. Mm -hmm. Only difference being that Black Widow actually jumped out of the way. (laughs) 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 Maybe he took notes. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Oh, I hope so.
1: Well, Black Widow does, like, attempt to appeal to Spider-Man, um, like, the, the actual Spider-Man underneath the Venom suit. But he does respond by kind of struggling against it, but, um, but it still, like, retains control. So she is recognizing that he's fighting back, but, like, she also is doing her mission by trying to kill yeah. him. So, you yeah. know.
2: <laughs> I, I like that, though, because it does, it does mean that she, she might follow out her orders, but she doesn't necessarily believe in them. So yeah, I'm she's really, not, really
1: holding out hope. <laughs> she's not heartless, and I like that they right. really lay that out Clearly. Yeah. And, of course, Spider-Man throws four cars because that's what Black Spider-Man does. Oh, my does. gosh. I think,
2: this is, I, th- I think this is the one where he uh, swings two taxis around.
1: Yeah, yes, I think it is.
2: Like, he doesn't even just – he's just like, I'm just going to swing these around for a while and then I'm going to throw them at you because look how strong I am.
1: <laughs> I hope there were no people in those taxis. Oh, my gosh. Who knows?
2: <laughs> he doesn't know. I can tell you that much.
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, while well, this is going on, uh, Captain America and Thor kind of discuss how to stop them um, and this is when Hikaru like starts to put the pieces together and it's like I think he had a reaction to the bell last time mm-hmm. like he wasn't just running away for no reason because I think they're even bringing up like why would he run away um, when he knows that we have a time limit and he could have just held us out and, and that's yeah. when Hikaru's like I think you legit chased him away with the bell yeah, and that's when they figure out a plan
2: it's funny because you know we, we at the end of the second episode of this series we were like oh that's who Hikaru is going to be I thought he was going to be a bit more nerdy than we're seeing. He just seems to be the person who puts the pieces together. Yeah. At least from what we've seen so far. Yeah. I don't really
1: know what to make of that,
2: but... Uh, he still
1: doesn't have much of... He yeah. At this point, doesn't seem to have much of a character outside of that. Like, I would be curious to see... Because he's paired with Thor, and it seems like a bizarre match, and I really want to know like how they would play off of each other.
2: I mean, I could see scenarios where... Based on Thor's portrayal in the second episode where he's like, screw it. You know, I get it. Pepper's in a bind, but, like, we got to just go forward and attack. Mm -hmm. And I could see the balance being Hikaru slowing him down. But then what's the flip side of that? Is it the fact that Hikaru maybe takes too long? Maybe. And sometimes needs to just do instead of think? We haven't really seen that, so I'm not sure. Like, we're filling in a massive blank. Yeah. So I hope that I hope they give him more to do than just be the vehicle through which they solve problems cuz that's not <laughs> really a personality.
1: <laughs> no, and it is unfortunate that like I feel like we have very clear personalities for everyone except Hikaru and mm-hmm. kind of Jessica, but even Jessica like as well, much as that's it's,
2: a problem because she has too many characteristics <laughs>
1: yeah like it's it, right it's still a different because her problem is more just being the anime girl who is encompassing right. every girl thing so like that's mm-hmm. a different thing so like barring that he's really the only one that we don't really the in the four that we've watched we haven't really figured it out and it's sort of like you should at least get a little something more yeah. from from these episodes you know and so that's not a good sign i don't unfortunately yeah.
2: Yeah, I keep thinking back to you pointing out that this is like episode 35 and 36. Yeah. You know, like the the amount of development that could have happened to this point. And maybe he's underutilized in this episode. It's possible.
1: Yeah, it's totally possible. I
2: hope that's the case. Yeah. (laughs) So they hatch a plan. They know to use the bell. Um, And so Chris and Edward end up de-smashing Captain America and Hulk, um, which means we're seeing Hulk actually de-smashed for the first time, right?
1: We are, yeah.
2: Note. I am so bummed that in a show where every single one of the Avengers has a catchphrase when they D Smash, Hulk, who has one of the most iconic catchphrases of superhero history, says nothing. He He just just screams. Why he does he screams. not say Hulk Smash? I know. Are they <laughs> don't afraid understand. that
1: that would be too on the nose or too confusing because they use Smash as a phrase? I don't. Uh, not this... anime enough, maybe. But this Hulk because the other is ones so... are like
2: Justicey, where it's like we will fight for the Zuzuzuzubazabazoo. True, like, but I don't even know what they are.
1: <laughs> Hulk is so weird in this show, though. I still yeah. don't get him because he has these really bizarre moments of like telling little jokes and just like being like stoic and it's just like, and being like weirdly like smart about stuff. Like I don't understand what they're trying to do with him. I like, I have no idea
2: from the little bit we've seen. I think he's supposed to be the mixture version. Like I think he, he seems like a Hulk who is always Hulk Mm -hmm. kind of like when Bruce Banner, I, I don't know enough about the comics to like identify this with words, but I know there are points in the comics where he doesn't transform back and forth. He just is the Hulk body. With Bruce Banner mind. Sure. And it seems like maybe they're doing that. I just don't know if they're doing it well.
1: Yeah. Like, I sure. just think he's just a totally different character. It seems like it's just like, I, feel, I, like, I don't, I wonder if they even go into like what his backstory is and him having mm. a dual identity or whatever, because he, it just seems like he's just a gruff, stoic Brute, like, and that's it. Like, there's it's not a rage thing. He's not yeah. like stupid and single minded, but he's also not very smart either. Like, it's, I think your
2: comparison to Drax in our last episode is really, really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He really seems like that same vibe. It's really strange because he he's has like a,
2: a funny tank, but he's also not raging constantly.
1: Yeah. Because he has a funny, like, actually a really funny joke. Because um, their plan involves, like, Hulk finding the bell from the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, he's leaving roof- rooftop to rooftop to get to it. Um, and then when he does, he grabs it. He's just like, I'm just going to borrow it <laughs> as he leaves. Which <laughs> yeah. is really funny. But, like, yeah. it's not a Hulk thing. So, it's yeah. like, but it's a this version of a Hulk thing, I guess. And I don't get it.
2: I guess so. I hope it clarifies itself. I, I, I And I hope that if we do get a full version, fully... F- sort of formulated Hulk that it is the one that made that joke because that I could get behind. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's not a Hulk I'm used to seeing, I could, I could be entertained by that. Right. But I, I just, I, some of the characters we've gotten, you know, we've gotten the same number of minutes um, of the show technically for every character, even though they're not all featured the same. And some of them, I feel like I have a good, good idea of, and Mm -hmm. some I don't, despite them all being in all the episodes. Yeah. I I I I am hesitant to say I'm worried, but I'd
1: be lying if I said I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Like wasp. Uh huh. To be fair, she's she's also even though she's in all four of these episodes, she's barely in all yeah, four of these episodes. That's
2: true. She's sidelined through both of these episodes until the very end. So like, that's not as long as she's not sidelined all the time. I'm being right. unfair on the show for for underdeveloping her when she's not part of the main main story. Right. Right. I do love this plan, and I love the way that it sort of is carried out. You mentioned that he goes to to grab the bell by jumping from rooftop to rooftop. I love that they have him travel that way. Yeah. It's one of my favorite ways to travel in video games that incorporate the Hulk because it's hilarious. <laughs> and while he's doing this, uh, Captain America confronts Spider-Man sort of head on and we realize it's kind of a distraction because it gives Hulk enough time to grab that bell and come back. Mm -hmm. Um, So after, I think, a little bit of banter and maybe, I don't even know if they get to exchanging blows or not, Hulk returns with the bell, and Captain America throws his shield at it, and then we see that that has the desired effect, and we get that sort of weird, angular, almost electrified (laughs) (laughs) uh, ripple of the suit. And this happens a couple times as they they battle. Um, Spider-Man's like, not really able to fight back all that much because they keep the bell ringing spaced out enough that when when it finally dies down, the kids sort of, like, step in and appeal to emotions. So it's this, like, one-two punch of, like, we're going to hit the bell, and then the kids are going to try to, like, appeal to spider-man and then we're yeah. gonna hit the bell again and it just goes back and forth and back and forth and it it does work
1: <laughs> yeah it's similar to the spectacular spider-man solution for it in a in a weird way despite how different all of this is because that oh, also yeah. was a combination of the bell and like essentially kind of like the power of friendship basically like yeah, just remembering the bell is not like enough. The, yeah it's not just the bell it's also like you got to be a mentally and emotionally there to reject it um which is a really cool way to handle it and I think it's a really, like, well-played-out scene. Like, Spider-Man's voice actor, I forget what his name is, he's really good at all the yells that he has to do, like, and screams yeah. while the bell is ringing at him, because he does it a lot. Mm-hmm. But the kids, like, form a circle around him, and they're all, like, just shouting these affirmations about how they believe in him. <laughs> oh, it's and, like, such aggressive hero. love. It's so, it's so good. <laughs> and then I think there's that, like, also when, like, Akira and Jessica also call over the phone, and then yeah. they're also adding their message to how they believe in him and everything, and everybody's there for him. And then Captain America is even just like it doesn't matter if everyone in the world hates you and turns their back on you like these these kids are going to still believe in you no matter yeah. what happens and like you have to remember that and like not let them down.
2: That's interesting. I just thought about that. I wonder if this was part of the intention and I'd be interested to find out if it was. You know, we talked about Peter sort of being conscious through all of this and then suspecting that in order to not suffer, you sort of give into the Venom symbiote. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, you know, the more this the suit accomplishes in a negative direction and the more you are conscious to see the public's reaction to you, the less you would sort of fight and the more likely you would be to just give up because it's sort of hopeless. Like, how would I even fight back against this? Given all the things I've been seen doing, yeah. Because then, then it really would give weight to these five kids who was like, they will never, ever, ever, ever believe anything other than you are good. Right. It gives like a totem or an anchor for him to hold on to. Yeah. I think it strengthens that a little bit, at least, to think of it that way.
1: I, I think that, yeah, I think that's a really good take on it. Actually, I like, and I, I like the solution. I think it utilizes the kids, the, the kids really well. The like conceit of the show having to involve kids really well yeah because it's just sort of like this is their spin on the black suit storyline um and that's going to happen while these five kids are spider-man's friends so it's sort of like it's a, <laughs> and, and but it does it in a way where they don't feel intrusive it actually feels like a really necessary like end point to this particular version of the story they were telling i really i actually really like how it was constructed
2: yeah and from a logistical standpoint it's actually like the safest way they could do it, because they've got <laughs> Captain America and Hulk like protecting them with the bell, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, they they do succeed in actually getting the suit off of Spider Man. This is we actually do get a really really cool animation piece here where the suit is sort of splitting open on him, and so you yeah. see the full Spider Man suit underneath, but with the suit sort of split open and tearing. Tearing is not a great word because it's all pretty smooth. Um but just you know, like an like like he's almost ripped it off and you can kind of see him underneath. It's very very cool. Yeah. But most of the great animation is to come because <laughs> this is where sort of like a whole second episode within this episode kinda of happens. Yeah. <laughs> the black suit now just the symbiote on its own sort of like hops away in a sort of funny, cute way mm-hmm. and Spider-Man collapses. So Hulk and Black Widow end up chasing after the unhosted Venom life form. And while they pursue it, Spider-Man sort of fills Captain America in on how he came to have the suit. Um, he says, you know, he witnessed the the accident. Um, and when he was sort of investigating and trying to help people and see if people were okay, there was one shield agent, that kind of attacked him and and that shield agent was hosting the venom symbiote and it attacked him spider-man and then just latched on this is one of the other small details that i don't like yep he mentions in this story that the venom symbiote did not set off his spider sense (laughs) and i think this is one of those things where the and maybe you can convince me otherwise because you tend to be good at this I don't think you're going to try, though. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I think this is one of the things that the writers knew about how Spider-Sense worked, but didn't investigate as to how or why Venom has this effect on Spider-Man. And I don't know if every iteration explains it as well as, say, a spectacular Spider-Man does, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't make a ton of sense for his Spider-Sense to be deactivated by a symbiote that has not yet sort of examined or scanned or coded itself to him. Yeah. So I don't love that. Yeah, it's, it's a very small a throw, detail it. though.
1: <laughs> and it's not really a necessary one. Cause I mean, the only reason that they, I, other than just to like, play into the mythology i guess the only other the only like plot reason for mentioning that is just to explain how it was able to jump out of the the soldier and like jump onto him without him like knowing about it beforehand but honestly, i don't think they it, even
2: need to explain that though yeah. because if he's being attacked by a person his spider sense is going to go off
1: yeah that's the thing is that like if if he hadn't called it out i wouldn't have thought of it it would just no been, like, me neither it was just too fast for his reflexes like that's yeah. that's fine like i don't a yeah i just it was a weird weird thing to throw in there
0: yeah
2: could have cut it and it would have significantly improved that that flashback
1: (laughs) yeah because all it does is just make you think about it and then question Mm -hmm. everything because the flashback Mm -hmm. otherwise is is the music's really good it's really dramatic and really like dark and
2: yeah yeah so it's in the rain i think yeah or at least it's very gray and looks like it's in the rain (laughs) i think it is
1: no i think it isn't like the rain and thunder and it's like really really like uh shadowy and everything and it's a very creepy like little horror scene so yeah yeah, I
2: dig it. I dig it.
1: I do too. So he he's like kind of explaining this and he's like really shaken by everything. Um, and even though, you know, the kids are all like, dude, it wasn't you. You're possessed or whatever.
2: Uh, they're so sweet. They are. And they're <laughs> right. Whole you know. thing. Yeah. But,
1: you know, he, of course, it's Spider-Man. So, you know, it's Spider-Man and his guilt complex, of uh-huh. course i do i like that in the 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 way the sub translated is they're translated as gone wild so it's just like i was the one who went wild it's spider-man gone wild yeah
2: which is funny because they described it earlier as feral and they could have just stuck with that but i appreciate spider-man gone wild yeah i'm
1: down with it But either way, you know, Spider-Man's going to guilt. So he's doing his guilt thing. Mm-hmm. He's like it was my responsibility. I I ruined my responsibility. Like I I and I've ruined like there's no way I can remain a hero to New York. Um and that's when um Akira kind of through the phone is it encourages him. Um in that very like particular yelling anime boy way that yes. they always tend to do. <laughs> that yes, Mr. because experience. like
2: because again we have not gotten the full relationship between the two so from from where we're sitting it's just like enthusiastic determined anime boy screams at like adult with complex feelings and adult is like you're right yep
0: (laughs) all right cool (laughs) <laughs> it works <laughs> yeah it's
2: still inspiring no matter what i mean there's, there's a reason that character works <laughs> yeah
1: yeah exactly um and that's what spider-man needs to hear is that someone you yeah. know someone believes in him and that he can just tell everyone he's sorry and that's all that he needs to do pretty much mm-hmm. but yeah so he find his confidence again <laughs> but but unfortunately to, while this you know while this warm nice little moment is going on apparently just like mm. In the meantime, on the other side of the road, <laughs> the Venom symbiote's just like, hey, I'm going to possess Hulk now.
2: <laughs> Which, I mean, someone should have seen that coming, right? If not him, someone. It's going to seek out someone.
1: <laughs> You'd think. I like that it's just like Wasp is just like, oh, hey, you guys might want to look over there and see what's happening. And it's just that like pretty great. a horror show of the Hulk being taken over and Black Widow is like <laughs> try- <laughs> trying to like chase it down. And it's just like, Wow, guys, it just went to shit like that quickly? Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I do think it is, and this isn't, I guess, necessarily super related to, to that moment, but now that we're at the point where the Venom symbiote is taking over the Hulk, I do think it's actually a pretty clever way of putting the the recognizable character Venom into a show that you cannot afford to tell an Eddie Brock story with. True. So to yeah. sit there and say, like, okay, how can we get the venom that people want to see and know into this show? Oh, guess what? Hulk is over there. <laughs> Hulk kind of has the same shape. Let's yeah. just have him go, get on Hulk.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where it's sort of like it makes it doesn't there's a there's it doesn't make sense to a certain extent because it's sort of like if he's just amplifying the powers. Yeah. It's weird that there's a spider symbol on Hulk and he has like the big teeth and mouth and everything. I don't know, but but yeah, the body shape. Oh no, works. it definitely
2: doesn't make sense. It's like a purely aesthetic and marketing thing. Yeah, like, how do we get this venom in here?
1: Which <laughs> you could also, but if you could rationalize it fairly easily that the that the symbiote just like shit. I've been outed. Well, I'm just gonna th- fight back now and. Yeah. And it doesn't really care about the symbiotic part of the relationship. It's just taking over the strongest thing you can find. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of like its true self or whatever, I guess. Like, you can make arguments for it. it it's, it's cool. It doesn't really matter. Like, it, but it is an intelligent way to get Venom in this show without doing the Venom story.
2: <laughs> yeah. I want to know who, like, who had the light bulb where they're like, wait a second. <laughs> We've, it's right here. It's staring us in the face. <laughs>
1: right. Well, and apparently this is, the, this, this is not the first time this has happened because Tony, I think, it, it's either Tony or Captain America, somebody has a line where they say, once again, our powerhouse is turned against us. Turned yes,
2: against us. I know. <laughs> when that happened, I was like, ooh, I can't wait for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do a ton of calling back, but they do it occasionally enough that you're like, mm, okay, so I can
1: look forward to that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's going on, and that's that's crazy. I did you like expect that to be a thing that was going to happen at all? Nope.
2: I yeah. actually. So we got halfway through the second episode, and I was just figuring like, okay, they're using the word Venom, but they also named Venom very early on, so we might not actually get a quote standalone Venom character, and these will just be about Black Suit Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was not expecting the symbiote to find another host at all i just was not not just was not on my radar
1: yeah well and that when that happened i guess these episodes are kind of dense enough that like when that happened i was like wait is there gonna be a part three and i didn't realize because i thought we were close (laughs) to the end of the episode but no they wrap it up in time
2: (laughs) well this is where they sort of ratchet up the animation and the speed of things so they do Mm -hmm. manage to to fill in the space as well as they can not dedicating a whole episode to it but they also don't have to characterize the host underneath so they can kind of yeah. get away with it.
1: Yeah. Also this, during this whole sequence Spidey is drawn like extra bulky. It's weird. Like his character yeah. model is like huge. <laughs> I don't get it.
2: <laughs> this episode of the four we've watched is the one that highlights the inconsistent animation the most because once Venom is on the Hulk and the action starts, the animation is super cool but there are so many instances of Spider-Man being drawn weird, his face and mask making no sense <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. They really struggle with those triangle eyes. Yeah. And so it just, it, it, and it's not just it's not just Spider-Man, because I imagine Spider-Man is a very difficult character to animate, given the costume design. Oh, God, yeah. So many lines. <laughs> yeah. Yup. But uh, there, there are certainly other things, too, where you're like,
1: that's a little rough yeah
2: (laughs) but at least we have some really amazing stuff to talk about with with uh, hulk venom
1: oh totally yeah i think they they animate hulk venom very well especially given like the the kind of cool stuff that they do with him oh yeah
2: unexpected stuff
1: yeah yeah
2: stuff that like very much i was like whoa okay like you're kind of doing a little mashup here and i'm into it
1: (laughs) Uh huh. -huh. (laughs) uh-huh A couple of notes, I do like how they ration up the stakes in this, other than it being the Hulk possessed by Venom, which is already a big deal. um, They do, like try to do the obvious and try to like desecure him. Um but I then, was
2: wondering if that was a thing that they could voluntarily do. And that answered that question.
1: Right, yeah. And and I like that they, they very clearly spell it out that it's just like the, the, the Venom symbiote has kind of taken over his body. And so like the uh the disc doesn't recognize his recognize his DNA, so it like can't mm-hmm. de secure him even if you call him back. So that sucks. So they're gonna have to find some way to subdue him. Um Thor volunteers to do that, but um but they realize that like there's lots of people around and this is Hulk and Venom so like that could be bad, and a lot of people could die. So yep. uh, they uh, they try to, like, um, leave Venom away from the civilians first.
2: I appreciate that.
1: I do, too. Yeah, it's smart, smart bit of plotting.
2: It also makes um, the damage that Spider-Man was doing feel real. Yeah. Uh, because they don't just, like, cause more damage, incidentally, when they're all good guys. <laughs> like, right, right. It would just, I don't know, it would take away all of the importance of, of that collateral damage he was, was uh doing earlier.
1: Yeah, it ends up being kind of a big part of the episode then, ultimately. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting.
2: So, like you said, Thor volunteers to be a part of this, so he crew obviously de-smashes Thor. I wonder... I wonder if it's firmly established or if it's just like plot timing, how much time needs to happen between when they get to smash.
1: I was wondering that too. <laughs> I imagine it's, I'm sure it's one of those things where like they probably spell out a rough time and it's just like yeah. super inconsistent throughout yeah. the show just because it needs to be.
2: I actually think it would be dangerous for them to try to nail it down. So mm. I, I'm, I'm okay with them not doing it, but I, I couldn't help but wonder. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Thor is out and Venom grows tentacles.
1: (laughs) So this version of Venom to me is really seems very, very heavily taken from the Ultimate version of him. It's cool. Because Ultimate (laughs) Venom, he has those similar, the the way his teeth are drawn are kind of similar to Ultimate Venom, the way that they're kind of spiky. And like
2: outside of his mouth in a way. Outside of his
1: mouth, that's very Ultimate Venom, yeah. I think that the Ultimate comics do a little better because they make them a little more like asymmetrical and stuff, so it looks a little more chaotic rather than this show. I don't think it looks very, it doesn't work very well on his face. It just looks kind of weird. They, Um, I
2: think it... (laughs) I think when they take the time, it looks fine, but they, they of of the things that they do well animating Venom, uh, Hulk Venom in this show, the, the teeth is one that they just did not, they shouldn't have made that choice because they weren't spending enough time on it.
1: Yeah, but either way, that's very clearly taken from Ultimate Universe. The purple co- color scheme of him, rather than it being like black or blue, is definitely from the Ultimate comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tentacles, really mainly where like they super went hard on him always having these like tentacles that he uses like frequently rather than just like shooting webs Yeah. Um, in the comics. So they're definitely taking taking a lot of that. And I think it's used really well here because there's yes. no reason for him to be using webs because of this version of Venom.
2: Right, right. Well, and it, it makes it, it also makes that version of Venom more brutish in a way because he uh-huh. has more things to hit you with, which makes sense if Hulk is hosting you.
1: Yeah, true. That's a good point.
2: So Thor manages to use Mjolnir um Mjolnir Mjolnir, Mjolnir, Mjolnir. it's Mjolnir, Mjolnir. <laughs> um the hammer Mjolnir to fling himself and Venom to a nearby rooftop uh, where Iron Man and Wasp who are now released from their discs um, we got cheated out of a Wasp D-smash I um, know we just and gotta, I'm pretty we just bummed about it Got to watch
1: the whole show man we got to watch the <laughs> whole Although I guess we
2: got cheated out of the Iron Man one too right
1: we saw, we, we saw we it his? in the first episode. They showed like a little preview like before the episode started that showed the entire sequence because they wanted to tease okay. it. So we got, did okay. see it through that, yeah.
2: Uh, so we still got to see wasps. I have since sought out it and it is good, but <laughs> okay, uh, nice. we didn't get to see it. Anyway, they are now out of their discs and they take over sort of the next leg of this getting Venom to where they actually want him to be, which is a construction site. Um, kind of like a like a high rise construction site. So it's all I beams and, and scaffolding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and cranes where Spider-Man has rigged up a bell. They got the cranes, right? Like they, <laughs> they added the, the New York cranes everywhere. So yes. Yeah. You can't have a Spider-Man <laughs> thing without cranes. That's
1: right? true. The iconic New York Spider-Man cranes. Yes. yes. <laughs> 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 um,
2: but he brought the, wait, did, how did he get the bell there?
1: Um, well, uh, well, Hulk grabbed it and brought it over. So I assume that Hulk, like, carried it all the way over and then Spider-Man... I mean, Spider-Man has super strength, Hulk is, right? So.
2: He he does. That's true. I guess there's no reason that... So so Hulk Hulk didn't bring it Oh, wait, it to, no, yeah. I'm dumb.
1: You're right. Okay, Hulk had brought it over because Hulk is Venom right now. Duh. Right. Hulk yeah. had brought it over to where they were fighting Spider-Man. And so I guess Spider-Man brought it with him then.
2: So here's the image. It's one of these two things. Either <laughs> Spider-Man is carrying this bell and jumping from rooftop to rooftop or he's carrying this bell and swinging through new york city and i don't know which one i like better
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like it because it's
2: huge
1: either one is awkward (laughs) right that is funny actually
2: (laughs) (laughs) well however he gets it there it's there it's ready and when you know, they start to go after Venom, Iron Man and Spider-Man and and, and Wasp. Um, Venom fights back actually pretty effectively. And the kids and Pepper kind of realize, like, we got to do something here because it's not really going the way that they expected. And they see that, hey, this whole building is basically like a hollow metal shell. If we start hitting it, like we're going to create vibrations through the I-beams. And that, theoretically... Should have the same effect, right. so you get sort of this double-sided, like kids and Pepper on the on the ground, c- creating vibrations from below, and Spider-Man attempting to create vibrations from above, and that does end up sort of bringing Venom to his knees and and having him buckle.
1: Again, really cool use of all the kid characters and Pepper yeah. too. I'm, I'm glad that Pepper got to Pepper do some stuff. Pepper was there. Yeah. I mean, cuz she didn't really get to do much, but it's it's fun that she gets to participate in this, in, yeah. in, in the slamming of the i beams. Like I love I love that they're all they all yes. kind of team up.
2: I also just I got to put out a Don't do that, please. It will hurt you. It would hurt a lot to do that. <laughs> I appreciate it for this show, but gosh, that would hurt so bad. Have you ever I don't know why you would, and I don't know why I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my question
1: is how do you but, know this? <laughs> no, when you have an
2: if you hit something with an aluminum bat, and it's something that's really hard, like not a baseball or a softball, but like, I don't, I don't know what I've hit, but I know I've hit something with an aluminum bat, probably like a tree or something stupid, but it hurts. It hurts really bad because it vibrates through the bat and like, I don't know, it, it vibrates at such a high frequency that like, it's almost like a shock
1: kind of weird. Wow. I'm going to have to try this now. You yeah. got me interested.
2: Oh, it's a fence pole. I've hit a fence pole with a bat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I mean that doesn't answer any questions, no, but sure, it
2: doesn't, but I, I just need you to know that I didn't like assault a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it wasn't a tree. Um,
1: it wasn't but. anything living, so it's okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, it, it hurts. That would hurt a lot.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: But good for them. Good to know.
1: Good to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also want to add that throughout this entire sequence, Tony has this like running gag of like referring to everything as like pizza related. I wrote all of them down because it's so bizarre Please. that it keeps coming up. So he, he, when he first arrives, his epic, like, arrival line is, I'm here to pick up a pizza delivery. And then he looks at Venom and says, <laughs> hey there, pizza squid. And then what I think was meant to be, like, where this joke came from, um, he says, pizza's here, better ring the bell. Like, ringing the mm-hmm. doorbell, but also telling Spidey to ring the, the bell itself.
0: Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. after that
1: happens, he keeps going, and it makes less sense. Because then he says, it's time for a pizza party. And then once everything's done and Hulk's defeated, he says... I guess the squid ink pizza didn't pan out. <laughs> okay. What would,
2: it, what would really, really work for me is if this was a running thing with him and other people <laughs> acknowledge that they're dumb jokes. Because <laughs> what it's it's weird. His jokes aren't validated. Nobody's laughing at them in the show. But yeah. also, nobody's like side eyeing him. Right. So you just have this like weird, like you're not sure if they're supposed to be funny or not. <laughs> And I, I can't wait to see if if that also ends up clarifying itself. Because I, <laughs> yeah. I would be here for, like, dad joke Tony.
1: Oh, me too. I mean, I'm down with it. I wasn't, like, groaning at the jokes. I was more just, like, baffled at them. But, like, yeah. what am, am I meant to find this funny or not? I don't know. Because no, it's yeah, definitely not funny. <laughs> right, right.
2: I think knowing that other people in universe are groaning at his jokes would make it funnier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, like yeah, like you said, the first half of it made a lot of sense and was clever, and then it just kept kept going.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then so so obviously by making the sounds of the construction site, they are able to subdue Venom. Um, and like we said, Spider he kind of also compounds that with uh, with the bell. He actually like drops the bell on top of Venom, mm-hmm. and then continues to slam it with a sledgehammer. Um, so so Hulk and Venom are like just completely subdued inside of this like torture chamber, basically.
2: Yes. Wasp gets to do something here too.
1: Yes. Yes. Wash, wasp is basically like the finisher, right? Like, isn't yeah. she the last move? Mm-hmm. She calls out her Wasp sting and, yep. um, and and shoots the little Wasp sting lasers out of her hands yeah. and cause the big vibrations on the bell that <laughs> ultimately separates Venom from Hulk. Nice. Yeah. Finally, you got to do something, Wasp. Good for you.
2: Yeah. Welcome to the party, Wasp. <laughs> Glad to have you. Finally. <laughs> Didn't really get to see anything of Jessica in that moment, but that's okay.
1: (laughs) It's fine. She's the girl. It's fine. She is
2: the girl. They are are the girls. (laughs) Well, this is okay. This is the other thing between these two episodes that we have absolutely no context for. Yep. And I was, I like fell out of my chair because I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Because there's no setup. Nothing. We have to assume, based on the absolute lack of setup, that this has probably happened a number of times leading up to this point. Sure. We get a power-up. We get a new gadget. A power-up gadget, if you will. So now that now that Venom has left Hulk, Hulk mad, right? Mm-hmm. So Hulk is like, let's do this, Edward. Let's finish this. And so it it it, it cuts to what I would have thought they used only for the D smash sequence but it's a new sequence it is a build-up smash sequence which is a gadget you put on your disc that looks like a fist at least in this case i don't know if it always looks like a fist but edwards looks like a fist and then it'll they get power up armor both of them edward and the hulk yeah yeah <laughs> so they get like they get like a shoulder and chest shield and then like a little like fancy future monocle tech thing it's like like a google glass
1: it's like an eyepiece (laughs) it's really similar to like the saiyan eyepiece yes power the power detector eyepiece from dragon ball z yes it's very similar to
2: what that was called because i was thinking of it but didn't know how to identify it
1: there's uh, there might be actual (laughs) name for it and i don't remember if that's the name for it but it's it's a it's a type of eyepiece it's very similar to that and i guess it's for like target it's like a targeting eyepiece in this case not that i don't know why edward needs one but okay i don't know
2: it is the most anime thing we've seen so far
1: (laughs) 100 i mean i guess they can't evolve the superheroes so they gotta have some kind of power up for them
2: there's just something over the top hilarious about putting armor (laughs) on the hulk that then results in not like defensive maneuvers because he wears like a little bit of armor here and there unlike like Sakar in like Ragnarok and, and the Coliseum and stuff. Sure. But but it serves no purpose here other than to like aid him in not actually punching something, but like <laughs> gamma punching something, which is like an energy punch. It's like a hyper beam. Yeah. <laughs> which is so weird considering his entire power is punching things. Yep. Like, <laughs> So, instead of, like, becoming a bigger, stronger physical punch, it's like an energy punch. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Oh, it's so bizarre. It's so, so weird.
1: It really is the most anime thing (laughs) that i have seen in the show. It's
2: almost, if not actually, over the line into ridiculous to the point where I'm like, it makes so little sense, I kind of am in love with it.
1: Right? (laughs) Like... Yeah,
2: it's so weird. <laughs> I'm I'm yep. a little upset he didn't get like Saiyan hair though because <laughs> it does kind of look a little bit like Dragon Ball equipment.
1: Yeah, yeah, it kind of does. And I'm didn't curious, they use like, like, a
2: character designer from Dragon Ball?
1: Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. There okay. Is. So well, it makes that sense. That makes sense. <laughs> totally makes sense. And I'd be curious what the what the uh, build up smashes for all the other characters look like too, because I have to imagine. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're all like the same format and they just have different powers. But I would yeah. like to imagine that they're completely different types of armor that they have i would
2: think I'm totally, well, i've totally i've totally bought it doesn't get more
1: armor what I
2: said hopefully captain america doesn't get more armor oh
1: god i'm sh- you know he does <laughs> yeah
2: i will okay i i've softened a little bit on the costume but only from the chest down that all is fine it's just the weird helmet is I I will never get over the weird helmet.
1: The helmet sucks. It's It's so sucks. bad. Yeah. You know
2: what it does? I I figured out why I think I don't like it. A lot of anime designs have eyes that are like super far apart, but you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. His helmet makes it so obvious that his eyes are like on the sides of his head. Oh yeah. But you can't not be bothered by it. It's oh, it's so, but and then they put a nose piece in
1: between, yeah, that's a good point, it uh, really highlights it,, uh, oh, it's so weird,
2: so weird, but yeah, I hate it, but <laughs> if they just took off the like metal stuff, his costume would be fine, mm
1: mm-hmm. That's yeah, where, it's where I'm falling, yeah, either way, I am totally bought into the uh, yes, to like the the toy marketing of this, like I want to see what their oh, new forms yeah. look like, <laughs> me
2: too, oh, I was so curious, so curious. <laughs> Uh, I'm here for Hyper Beam gamma punch. It's Dude. it's cool.
1: We're just all in on this show. Like that's that's all there is to. Oh yeah, there's to it. Oh <laughs> yes,
2: all in, all in. <laughs> I. Will well, uh, well I'm, I I don't know why I can't mention it now. In the closing credits of these episodes, they show off some of the toys God. that <laughs> exist, and I want them so bad.
1: Uh, the toys are like little, they're like the like discs, but that transform into little robots uh-huh. that look sort of like the um the heroes, like sort of <laughs> or like the representative of them. But yeah. it's cute because they have them. They're like CGI, uh-huh. and and they have and they all have their own little particular way that they walk. That's mm-hmm. like so cute um that ending is weird too because like yeah the implication is that they're just walking for a long time and then like the door opens and it's like a toy story situation where they all like hide and freeze and the kids are like <laughs> what's going on here it's such a strange like ending for it or the show
2: uh more or less likely that at some point in the development of the show those were the characters that they carried around with them
1: oh, and released huh. Like they were going to be just like representative of, of Avengers robots rather than the Avengers. Like they yeah. really kind of saying that like might a, have been a better way to do the show.
2: <laughs> I like a me- I, Well, I don't think it would be better. <laughs> um, maybe in concept, but uh, I don't know that I would have been drawn to it um, sure. at all. Although I guess if they had done something where when they weren't de-smashed out of the disc they could exist like that and they were just sort of like cute little sort of familiars. And then when they de-smashed, they became like, I don't know, more, I hate to say like mecha, like mech versions of them because that would be weird. Yeah. But I do wonder if maybe that was at some point sort of the, the unsmashed version of them.
1: Right. I don't know. Yeah. That would be interesting. Either way, they're really cute and I want all of them. Me too. Oh, wow. Marketing works, doesn't it? It sure <laughs> does. It sure does.
2: And someone who needs to work on their marketing from here on out, because they've done a lot of damage to it.
1: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> obvious segue is obvious. Is
1: Spider-Man. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Although I skipped a detail.
1: Yeah, yeah. Should say that they, they because of the Gamma Punch, they are able to secure Venom into a disc. Um, which is really the art that they have of Venom, like the image of him or it on the disc is really cool looking. I want that disc. I would I love it. I I wanna just collect the discs. <laughs> like you do, too. it's
0: dude, dangerous.
1: <laughs> import this show to America, make uh-huh. it a hit, make all the toys here, and I will buy all of them.
2: Oh, boy. Oh yeah, yoy. Um, very Uh-oh. curious to know how the Venom disc would work, considering it doesn't have a host.
1: Yeah, I feel like they're just never going to release him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they shouldn't. They
2: surely should not. <laughs> um, it does have a color, though, so it is typed. They could, they could use him uh-huh. if they wanted to. He
1: is green. I made a note of it. So he's Hulk, yeah. which means he's power. Okay. Um, which, I mean, I don't really know what else you would slot him under, so sure.
2: Yeah, true, true. Well, anyway, like we said, Spider-Man now has to basically work on his public image, um, but off to a good start because when all is said and done after Venom has been desecured, secured after, you know, the danger is no longer in front of them, I don't remember who it is that points out to Spider-Man that this is happening, but someone points out to him that there's like a crowd below. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man walks to the edge of the building and sees all these onlooking New Yorkers just sort of looking up at him. And he apologizes for everything that he's done. Then one lone woman in the crowd begins to clap. And then they all begin to clap and cheer for him. And he vows to to sort of rebuild the trust that he's lost with the city.
1: Well, the way that he apologizes is so cute because he's just like, "Um, I'm sorry for all the trouble. Yeah. And everybody's just like that's enough that's good yeah we believe it yep
2: <laughs> yep it is it is beneficial that um part of the battle that was televised included red and blue suited spider-man helping the avengers
1: yeah they make it like all the reporters make it very clear yeah. throughout it they're just like a black a black creature like jumped off of spider-man the black creature now jumped onto hulk and now he's behaving evil and spider-man is trying to save him it's just like people can figure out what's going on
2: <laughs> yes yes so they did a good job at least sort of subtly and indirectly addressing how he would recover from that
1: yeah but i do like how deeply this episode delves into his like his feelings about the reputation aspect of it because i don't know if you really like you get shades of it in these symbiote stories but like you don't really get on the mass level of like what the population is going to be thinking of like Spider-Man gone bad and like how it would be hard, how hard on him it would be to recover. Cause you know, we're not getting personal stories. We're not getting him like being mean to Aunt May or whatever. Like this is the only perspective of the consequences we see from it. So it's a cool angle to address where it's just like, no, I legit like failed. I failed the city to quote like, you know, like it's, 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 it's it's kind of a cool take on it.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. I like it. I like it a lot. And the episode does ultimately end with a scene of Peter watching the video that the kids made for him. We don't really see any more of the video than we saw before, um, but he's enjoying it. He's like sitting on a rooftop with his mask off, um, which is cool. I like that shot because we get to see him um, just sort of like casually be in a neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. And watching that video. And then we hear a cry for help and he swings off to help them. And that's just kind of where we end. I think there might, be, might even be a sunset.
1: There's a yeah, there, and there's a little, a cool little, um, little freeze frame, and, like art. I don't know what do you call it when they do the anime thing where it, like it freezes, but then it like, turns <laughs> it into like a painting. I have um,
2: no idea what you'd call it, but I'm into it yeah there's definitely got to
1: be a name for it because it's done in, like every anime right. but it's it's a really nice one it's 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 a little weird because like he's doing his uh, his spider-man hand like shooting out the web right at the front but yeah. like in the painting version it's just like this a giant hand in front of him basically it's but... like
2: super caricaturized yeah um, and the yeah. proportions are absolutely bonkers uh but it's it's cool
1: it is cool and it's it's a sweet it's a really sweet ending I like that yeah. it's just very much just like Spider-Man's a hero. Feel good for him. And we do feel good for him.
2: Yeah, they do so much respect to Spider-Man, even though they tell the story very differently than we're used to. I, You can see how much this show respects him in the ways that they choose to include him.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's very much just like the ideal hero to everyone, it seems like, which is a really yeah. cool way to use him. Yeah, Even though I he like doesn't that. see himself like that, which I like that dichotomy. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's a cool way to treat a character that is otherwise kind of supporting cast, you know? Yeah. So that's neat.
1: Yeah. I love the faces that you pulled or for, for, for this, especially just one image <laughs> with many faces in it. It's what a good, what a good pull. <laughs> there,
2: so we, we've got two, two images uh, from this. One is just kind of funny. The other uh, picking on the animation a little bit, but I think it's worth it. So the first one is just, I think it's when Akira is giving Spider-Man a pep talk after yeah. he's sort of like, I can't be a hero anymore. And they put characters in the frame that really don't need to be there. So you have Spider Man leaning on Captain America, and they are very obviously looking at the phone that Hikaru is holding up to them. But then it almost feels like Chris and Ed, who are also in the frame, it almost looks like they like copy and pasted like key art for them because they're (laughs) not looking at anything, and their expressions are just like so dead eyed. (laughs) and just like like they've just been frozen in time looking who knows where it's very weird
1: (laughs) yeah it's like it looks looks like they're posing for a photo like like, ed ed it's just like a giant smile at nothing Uh and then chris is like looking just like into the distance it's like a model shot of him yes yes
2: oh it's so weird like 12 different cameras are taking pictures and none of them know where to look
1: <laughs> right and it's even, it's even better to me like having like hikaru holding the phone because it almost looks like he's like trying to show them like a funny selfie or something like look at this <laughs> meme guys
0: <laughs> oh
2: that's so good <laughs> i do like oh that's uh, that's the best take that one right there <laughs> the selfie yeah And then the other one, like I said, is picking on the animation a little bit, but given how well they were able to do other animation, I feel like this was just a choice not to spend more time. And it, it results in this like very comically drawn version of Venom that feels almost like ironically bad art. Like, I don't know. Do you, um, this is, this is probably not fair to the artist, but have you ever seen or followed, uh, I think it's gangster doodles on Instagram.
1: Uh uh-uh, uh no. It's like really very
2: know. simplistic, very flat drawings of real people. This isn't necessarily like in the same style, but this feels like oversimplified and like flat version drawing of the actual venom we huh. saw elsewhere in the episode.
1: Yeah, cuz the angling so of weird. it is weird, the way that his tongue is <laughs> is kind of weird cuz his tongue is taking up like his entire mouth. It's uh-huh. more just like a It looks more but it's like it's also he's...
2: just like falling out in a weird direction.
1: Yeah, because it's not like moving. It looks like it's either like a slug that jumped into his mouth that he's catching, like to eat it, yeah, um, or or it's just like a just like a big like mound of like snot that's like coming out of his mouth. It's just... you know
2: what this is. It's like if there were a Bizarro version of this venom in this universe, where it's just like slightly off and a little bit weird, and you're like something's not right. But you yeah. are, Venom? <laughs> yeah. It's almost unsettling in its weirdness. A little bit like SpongeBob Doodle, where you're like, what's, what's, what's wrong? I can't quite tell. Yeah. Uh, and it's sad because, you know, Venom looks so cool in this show. Yeah, it's a really good design <laughs> otherwise, for sure. Yeah. I just can't stop staring at it. Maybe I'm more mesmerized than anybody else will be, but there's just something about it I can't stop staring at. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's good. It's a good face. It's a good uh, face. <laughs> his
2: teeth also seem to not end on one side; like they look like they just yeah. wrap around to the other side of his face.
1: Yeah, that's definitely. I think that really attributes to it. It makes his whole face look like it's like lopsided or something. Like uh-huh. if they're not, or like half of it's turned one way and the other half isn't. It's uh, Gosh, yeah, it's a bad drawing. <laughs> that's, that's that's all there is to it. Honestly, oy, oy, oy.
2: just keep seeing things. Tear me away. Tear me away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> keep going. <scrolling down. laughs> yeah man what a what a cool find like
2: yo yo i'm so glad we watched this
1: (laughs) me too i really wasn't sure if this was a thing that we were ever gonna like get to or if it was just gonna be like a weird bonus thing we did but yeah i'm glad we decided to do it because it's just been it was not it was sort of what i expected in certain ways and that i expected it to be something a weird little novelty but i i so enjoyed it so much more than i ever expected to and it really is like fulfilling a hole that i don't that i didn't really know that i was that i had that i was kind of yearning for so
2: yeah i think it's going to be better than i expected and it's hard to say that now because we've only watched four episodes not in sequence Mm -hmm. but watching the first two episodes i was like this could end up being as messy as i thought it might be when i heard the concept but then watching these two episodes things feel more put together so it does seem like they sort of allow themselves to separate a lot of those seeds that they were planting early on definitely um, which thank god
1: yep yep that really... was dense they're really using their wacky concepts like to their fullest potential it seems like or or are are often are at the very least like even yeah. if only like half the episodes are this good that's still a lot of episodes that are really good so yeah. i'm 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 really excited to watch all of this uh, and then me too and then eventually tell everyone about our experience and try to convince someone else other people to watch this bizarre show yes
2: <laughs> yes we uh we we have like not concrete but uh initial plans to hopefully watch the whole thing and then maybe do a bonus episode to just like wrap up our thoughts to fill in some of the blanks but uh i guess technically tbd (laughs) yeah we'll
1: see we'll see how things go yeah Um, probably in 2020 but it'll be uh yeah good yeah um yeah man (sighs) Uh, i really i'm glad we did this though
2: (laughs) me me too so much so much fun and it's it's nice to do some of these these weird things uh along the way because when we do like big stretches uh like we did with spectacular it was an awesome stretch but it's good to have like a palate cleanser or just something to sort of exercise a different muscle um Uh so it's, it's fun to find these things yeah And if you want us to keep exploring sort of weird finds like this or offbeat sort of stuff that might include Spider-Man, we're happy to do it. And one way that you can encourage us to do it um, is to support our podcast through Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers, um, you can choose how much you'd like to support us through that, and you could get perks as a result based on different tiers of donations and whatnot and what we do with that is we put it back into the show hopefully finding um, stuff that is harder to acquire or um, you know sort of Stuff like that. You know, we mentioned Disney Plus is, is very likely one of the things that some of that will go to. Um, so it just it, it allows us a bit more flexibility in the stuff that we cover. So any, any and all of that is very, very much appreciated. We do some cool stuff over there. We've done commentary stuff. We have some goals where we could um, eventually do some Q&A stuff, some mailbag stuff, some bonus episodes, things like that. And the more folks we know are interested through Patreon, the more confident we will feel doing that. So if this is something you are enjoying, go over there and consider that.
1: Yes, and one, one of the things that you can also participate in that we didn't mention at the beginning of this episode, we play a, uh, a game called Walloping Word Snappers. So, if you're a $5 and up patron, you can submit like uh, five words or less. Um, it can be a, like a random word or a phrase. Either way, it's pretty much can be whatever, it, whatever you want it to be within reason. We have to find some way to work it in. So, sometimes it's very weird. Um, sometimes it is Spider Man related, sometimes it is not. Um, so, if you hear us saying anything that seems kind of weird, might be that Um, we always reveal what those words are um, in the following episode and also who sent them so if you'd like to participate you can either just kind of listen for them and and check the next episode to see if there were any words because they aren't in every episode but um, Mm -hmm. you also can become a patron and submit them yourself so we would encourage you to do that
2: another thing to look forward to if you become a patron is i mentioned we do commentary episodes and we have uh one that we just uh recorded and it's either out or about to be out uh, for the month of november it is a double episode where derek and i basically gave each other an episode of our favorite shows and we are covering that um so that is a very exciting different thing that we were doing in the month of
1: november and both of those shows were related to spider-man shows tangentially as well so it all worked out Mm mm-hmm in the meantime, if you would like to find us individually and personally, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B Gale, I'm tweeting about all types of weird monsters and movies and Power Rangers and other Spider-Man stuff and uh, stuff like that. So lots of fun if you'd like to uh, if you'd like to follow me there. Um, you can also check out my YouTube show Second Chance. It is uh, on the verge of coming back from a full hiatus, but I did um, have like a quick take that I just released. Uh, as of this recording, I just released it just a couple of days ago, actually. Um, it was on Terminator Dark Fate. Um, that's just a short video, and then I'll be back with full episodes pretty soon. Um, but that is looking at um, either media or in the case of Terminator, like an element of that media um, that maybe was controversial or that people didn't like or, or that's just kind of gotten some negative reception. And just trying to kind of dig out the, uh, the positives about it um what i think the intent was sometimes um and in other cases just like why even if i don't like it trying to figure out why someone who does like it might like it um what about you doug
2: you can find me on twitter at ikibouli. i c k y b o o l e y um tweeting about well spider-man stuff power ranger stuff um trying to watch more anime stuff largely inspired by this little jaunt into uh marvel anime and uh I have another podcast about Pokemon uh, and a game just came out and it is awesome. And the goal over on Victory Road, which is that podcast where we talk about Pokemon, is to have some kind of episode covering some element of that game. Uh, weekly for about a month.
0: Dang! So the first,
2: yeah. So the first episode should be recorded and out very, very soon, and the other episode should be following subsequently in the next couple weeks. So please check that out if you are a Pokemon fan. Um, we would love to know what you think of the game so far, and uh, check out my Twitter for all my reactions, and the podcast Victory Road for our collective reactions.
1: Nice, 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 nice. If you'd like to follow our show Walloping Web Snappers, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod. You can also email us at podcast at gmail.com. We would also love, love, love it if you could uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you use any other podcast platforms, that's great too, but definitely Apple Podcasts really helps people find us um, as we mentioned before you can support us on patreon by going to patreon.com slash walloping web snappers for some amazing perks and next time look by now you've got disney plus probably right uh, We've all we're all, got all
2: disney plus we're all
1: disney shills now that's just that's just <laughs> how life is you got it you're probably going to be flipping on a Spider-Man show. The Spider-Man show you're probably going to be flipping on. Let's be real. It's probably Spider-Man the Animated Series from the 90s, right? You're going to be mm-hmm. rewatching watching it, and we're going to join you. We're going to rewatch it alongside you. We're going to pop into your living room. We'll be hiding behind the couch. You're not going to know we're there, but we're going to be there watching it too with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about it. So we are returning back to Spider-Man the Animated Series next time with the Season 2 premiere, The Insidious Six and Battle of the Insidious Six. Ooh.
2: We're going back.
1: Going back. Spider blood, spider blood, radioactive spider blood.
2: All right, I'm going to go get my transfusion. See you later.
1: See ya.「
0: here
1: oh my god it's been stuck in my head
0: (laughs) yeah
2: no it's been stuck in my head constantly all day Mm -hmm. and very frequently over the past couple weeks it's so good
1: yeah i listened to it on the car ride home